Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. I didn't do much. What did you do? Uh, well, I went with you to our cousin's first birthday party. Right, and that was at a bar. It, well, <laughs> it was supposed to be outside, and it rained, so it did get moved to a, a beer hall in Brooklyn. Right, but what was crazy was that this wasn't like the only group of uh, one-year-olds. Right. No, that 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 was definitely strange. Also, you know, there's tater tots, there's French fries, there's uh, roasted Brussels sprouts. Now, that's what I was interested in, and uh, and obviously, like you know, big steins of beer and all that, and big giant pretzels and mustard and all that. Bruins fans, yeah. Uh, well, it, it was actually an Islanders bar then why were all the bruins fans because they were playing the islanders they were ready to fight at the one-year-old's birthday party so you know i had the tater tots those are easy to eat and like you know carry over people and and french fries obviously even though they were cold but uh the the brussels sprouts was what i really wanted Mm -hmm. and right you're an adult well, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be healthy about myself, and I'm trying to have a I'm trying to teach the youth, you know. Mm-hmm. This thing of you know, it was sort of honestly. By the time we showed up, it was like the scraps, but I was hungry, and I just wanted some Brussels sprouts, but I didn't want to be the guy. And they're scrounging around for Brussels sprout juice. I, I, well, I, I there were no forks or anything, and I, I didn't know if it was acceptable socially to just grab over and take them with my hands. Sure isn't no. And then, like, drip them over, like, some stranger's shoulder and say, like, you know. Sorry about the Brussels sprout juice <laughs> I just left on your shoulder. Happy, uh, by happy, the way, happy birthday. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm the cousin. I of... just didn't – I didn't know what to do. And uh, then, then finally, uh, we know this, this couple, like, tangentially. Um, and I, I was talking to the girl, but her husband brought over some food himself, and he had one fork. And he was holding the tray of Brussels sprouts and eating them, and he offered them to me. And even though I wanted them so bad, I had to say no, because I don't know, like I don't know the guy that well that you could just, share a fork. No, well to share a fork, but even like to dive in with my hands, I just didn't. Who's standing right next to me? I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So I starved. You know that people were going to start sending us Brussels sprouts, right? You know, the Bare Naked Ladies, the the band from uh, from Canada, had this thing where people they had some sort of inside joke where people would throw macaroni and cheese at them, like boxes of homemade macaroni and cheese at them. If this can be that, if Brussels sprouts are our macaroni and cheese, I'm fine with that. Actually, if macaroni and cheese, yes, the album by French Montana, yeah, is our Brussels sprouts. Then maybe our new mixtape should be called. <laughs> well, now I'm confused. So macaroni and cheese is our macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese is our macaroni and cheese. So what happened to French the Brussels Montana sprouts? French Montana is our bacon, bare naked ladies. What happens to the Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts are what people are going to send us. Jeff, how are we getting sponsored by Dole? People should sponsor us. People should. <laughs> people should leave comments. Go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud, leave comments, leave ratings. It's so important to get our podcast to the top of the charts. We're tired of being underdogs. Let's make this a collective effort. Leave comments. You can say something nice, say something not nice, leave a nice rating, do something. Do something with your life. Send Uh, us Brussels sprouts, send us macaroni and cheese. We would love either one. All right. We're starving artists over here. Yeah. Today on the podcast, who do we have? We have DJ Cast One, who we've known forever. He's the Hot 97 DJ. We spoke about him actually a couple episodes ago during our friend Boss Nod's going away party. He DJed that, and Nod said that he, when he lived in Orlando, would rip the 
uh, broadcast from the Hot 97 uh, live stream and burn it on CDs and sell them. Cast One has been around for a long time. He is a great DJ. And a good friend. And a good friend. And we talked about a lot of stories uh, about his life, about Kanye, about Japan, about um, growing up in the Bronx and going to boarding school in uh, Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, about about what exactly he told Ebro like in his first week on the job. A lot of good stories here. DJ Cast One. Go check him out on all social media. Anything else? Uh, send us Brussels sprouts and this macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I think we hit off all the checkboxes. That's right. When do you want to get into this? Right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Xylophone, a.k.a. It's a Vibe. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Passion Fruit, a.k.a. Eggplant. Yo, what up? It's DJ Cast One, Heavy Hitters, a.k.a. Um, I travel a lot, <laughs> a.k.a. I've been to seven continents, yeah, a.k.a. Oh, been around the world, aye, 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 aye. In this way, time with the thrill. Bow, 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 where you have listened to nearly every episode yeah, of this podcast, and now you're on the podcast, Yeah, man. and I just wanted to live up to expectations. We were down in, um, in South By last week, and we, we wanted to meet Nardwar, and we met Nardwar. Did you? We did. Yeah. We met oh, I love Nardwar. And Yo, he's exactly what you would think of, like, he is like, in well, yeah, so, And yeah. that's the thing. Like, everything was exactly like that. He didn't disappoint Besides this one thing, which is that instead of calling us "It's the real," he called us "Is, is the, the real. real." Is the real yeah, like over and over and over? Like as in like you know he like would introduce us we to people, is the real. He would introduce introduce us to people and be like, "Oh, you know, is the real," <laughs> and we're just like, "Well," and I feel like that's like if we were to like you know call you like Cash One, yeah, like, or or Kaz, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. Oh, Cash, 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 cash too. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing annoys Joe Budden more than being called Joe Buttons with an S. Yeah, yeah. with an S. It's, wait, wait, it's not Joe Budden. <laughs> Meek oh, Mills. Meek Mills, man. right? Meek There's Mills. Oh, Young Ma. Yeah. I remember, like, um, Camillo had a had some sort of, like, maybe he still does, like, this thing where people could call in, right, and, yeah. like, leave a message. Oh, and they would all call him Carmelo. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, a good one, too, is Enough. Enough and Envy. I don't know why people always get them mixed up. They, they get not... those two mixed up? Yeah, it's crazy. They'd be like, oh, DJ Envy. And be enough, <laughs> enough is like, okay. <laughs> I mean, we get Peter Rosenberg. It, we, we get that, well, I yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, we're Jews. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are tall and you have hair, so I don't, I don't know, but okay. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. A little tired, but you know, I'm always tired. So yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah, but so you get up at what point every morning? Well, that's if I get up. <laughs> that's if I don't if I don't stay out the whole night and go. I I get up like around mm, four thirty, five o'clock. And if, if I'm at home, yeah. I'm home. And you have to be at work at when? I gotta be at work for the morning show. So anytime between six and seven. Oh. So it's lenient. It's lenient between six and seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, it gets kind of crazy. Yeah. So like sometimes I don't even like I'll go straight from the club, get out of the club, have some breakfast, then go right to the morning show or just crash on our office couch for like an hour or so. and just Yeah. When do you get any on. sleep? Actually, I should be sleeping right now. I'm here with you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. Do you, you know fuck, do you fuck with naps? Yes. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Big time nap guy right here. Can you nap in like. I can nap in it. It is, it, I don't need any type of like nothing bothers me. You could I could nap in the middle of a construction site. <laughs> like right now. Seems unsafe. I know. I've you can it. you can nap at the club. Yes, I've done that. I fall, I've fallen asleep at the club. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yo, the best like I've caught I've got the best sleep. Like when I'm in Japan, that's the best sleep because you get to the club a little bit early and I'm just like, yo, I'm just gonna sit down right here, 
<laughs> People are like, yo, what's wrong with him? I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, he's so mysterious. So mysterious. Can you sleep on planes? Yes. Like, no problem. I fall asleep on a plane before it takes off. My wife hates that because she doesn't she like wants to fly. To... <laughs> no, she, she's scared of flying. So, and we travel a lot. So, every time I get on a plane, as soon as I sit down, like, I just sit down, it's over. <laughs> it's out. And I don't wake up till we land. I'm like, oh, we're here? <laughs> I'm that guy. Like, I'll sleep through. <clears throat> the only time I wake up is food time. <laughs> I'll feel like I'll sense the food coming. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's time to wake up. And then I go right back to sleep. So we flew at the end of South by. We flew from Austin to, to Baltimore for our cousin's wedding. And Jeff had a you had a window seat. I had a window seat. I always have window seats. Yeah. But um, I I and I always fall asleep. You know, yeah. like you. But and this is also a 5:50 a.m. flight. Yeah, and we and were I, up all night. Yeah, we were up for like 30 hours, and so I chugged water to feel like a human before uh-huh. we went on this flight. And I was like, I'm just gonna go to sleep, but I need to like have something. And so I fell asleep, and in the middle of it, I wake up with like urgent, like need to pee, like ha- have to have to go to the bathroom, like so badly. <laughs> and the guy next to me, there was nobody in the middle, but the guy in the aisle um, was like dead asleep. And so he has like the blanket over his face, and I, I tap him. <laughs> I take the aisle seat, and I never, I never, I'm that guy. I'm like real, like passive with it. I like, I don't want to be like, hey, like you know, can you get up? Because I, I also don't want to, you know, I've been there. I don't want to sure. be woken up. Yeah. And so I finally tap him, and he like the the blanket falls off his face, and he's just like still sleeping. So finally I tap him again, and he like doesn't respond. And finally I tap him again, again. Like he wakes up, he just like, <laughs> and stares at me. And so now he thinks that I'm like staring in while he's sleeping, which is like a little bit weird. Yeah. And then finally, at a certain point, I was just like, fuck, 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 fuck. I have to like really, really go. And then. Well, did, yeah. you said you considered like stepping like just, over no, him. I yeah, jump, I, I jump. I, I almost thought about jumping. I always take the aisle seat. Like if I'm in, in a, on, a, on that type of plane, I take the aisle seat. And I always tell the people next to me, I'm like, yo, listen, <laughs> don't be afraid to step over me because I'm not waking up. <laughs> I'm not going to get up. So don't tap me. Don't just go ahead. Do your thing. Step over, step back, have a party. It's not going to bother me. I'm out. That's what I do. Where are you originally from? Like, what, oh, well, I was. I'm from the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, where, where were you born? Yeah, I was yeah. born right here. I was born in St. Luke's right here. Really? Yeah, no lie. Right here on the Upper Whoa, West Side. Whoa, crazy. Lived in the Bronx my whole life. Where in the Bronx? University Heights. So that's like literally, that's like right across from Washington Heights. That's like where, I lived across the street from Bronx Community College. If you okay. know where that is. That's like on University mm-hmm. by, um, not too far from Fordham Road. Okay. Right? okay. Yeah. And what was that like? Man, that's the hood. Yeah. It was, that's the hood. Where I grew up was like, like, yeah, the worst. But you know what's funny? Because I had the best of both worlds. I lived in the Bronx, which was crazy hood, where, like, our car would get broken into every night. It's oh. like craziness, right? And then my grandmother lived here on 111th Street between Broadway and Amsterdam. Yeah. So on the weekends, I'd be a Upper West Side kid. <laughs> and then during the week, I'm in the hood. Yeah. So it was like, it was bad, man. So I lived in, I lived in, in one building where it's kind of like two sectioned off. I lived in three different places. One building where it's kind of sectioned off. Our family's always been together, like like my aunts and, and uncles. So in that one building, there was about, I had four aunts that lived in the same building. Holy right? cow. So it's like four aunts and then uh, seven cousins. We all grew up together. It's like and the godfather. It yeah. is like yeah. the godfather. The Nobody complex. used to mess with us. We, were, <laughs> yeah. we, we just, whoop, whoop, everybody come downstairs. <laughs> so yeah, I grew up there in 1944, Andrews Avenue. You guys could put in your little Google location. <laughs> yeah. you know it, looks like. it, looks, it still looks crazy out there because it still is crazy out yeah. there. You know? So I, I lived there for the first part. Then I moved a few blocks away to Cedric Avenue, mm-hmm. and then I moved back. That's a long. That's another. That's a long story. But Cedric Avenue, where where hip hop was born. Yeah, yeah, and here's the crazy part about it. My building was right next door to Cedar Park. Oh, crazy! My actual 
balcony looked into Cedar Park. So like, this was like, I didn't really, I got into hip hop later on in life. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I didn't really know what was going on. I would have, be on my balcony and they'd be down there having parties with the DJs. The whole Cedar Park thing was going on. Yeah. And I'd be like, little kid, like, oh, okay, what's going on out there? Cool. <laughs> Mom, can I go play basketball? Right. <laughs> no, not right now. It's crazy down there. So yeah, I grew up around all of that. So you had seven cousins. Yes. How many siblings you have? I have one sibling. Older, younger? Younger. One younger sister. So you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Did your parents trust you to like take the train, go outside, look after yourself? Yo, yeah. I've been I've been taking the train, doing everything since I was like the earliest I can remember taking the train by myself, I was probably like nine. Really? Ten. Yeah, I used to come to my grandma's house by myself. Really? Yeah. So it was like Like tokens? Yeah, tokens yeah. and everything. Cause my what happened, or did you like jump the turnstile? Well, I go under. Talk about under. Under. You're not supposed to go under. Once you're like four years old, be like, no, I'm still four years old. You go under the turnstile. Like, I never used to pay for the train. But the best is like you see the parents like with the kids and they're going to school and they got the backpacks and they like try to go under and it's just such a struggle. They're like, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, both my parents used to work so or go to school. Because at the same time, like my dad, this is a crazy story about my dad, right? My dad used to go to... They both met at school at Boston Community College. Mm-hmm. So what happened was when my mom became pregnant with me, my dad stopped going to school. And actually, did, so did my, my mom so that my dad could support our family. Right. Right. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment. But this is a crazy story my mom told me, right? She was like, yo, your dad one time... like She was she was like, yo, your dad's an idiot. <laughs> She's like, yo, we didn't have any money for anything. One night, we just broke, completely broke. We had no money for Pampers, no, no money for anything. So your dad was like, you know what? I'm going to go get money real quick. So he goes in his car and he buys, he goes to like the hardware store and buys a livery sticker and puts it on his car like he was a cab. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And he just starts picking people up and driving around like a cab. So he made a few bucks. That's amazing. He made like two, three hundred bucks, right? Like during during the course of a week. But on one day, he got pulled over and caught by the police. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So so they gave him $500 worth of fines. So, (laughs) So all the money he made... <laughs> had to go to find, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I, you know, I grew up in the Bronx, and it was a uh, um, both my like I said at by the time I was like eight or nine, my mom had gotten a job. My dad, they both had to work. Like they both were working, so it was my responsibility to go get my sister ready to school. We'd have to walk down to school. I bring her back home. Like you know, like I was literally come home, cook lunch, cook dinner. Wow. Like, yeah, at like eight nine years old. Wow. Our school wasn't too far though. Our school was literally down the block. Yeah. But. Like, it was, like, I had to grow up quick only yeah. because I had to help out. Sure. Yeah. What were you making for lunch? Um, You know, macaroni and cheese. My macaroni and cheese is impeccable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> macaroni and cheese, grilled cheese. I mean, for dinner, I was making rice, beans, and chicken. I yeah, was like, yeah. I was chefing it up. Like, yeah, yeah. Real. <laughs> like, yeah, man. I, so, I get busy in the kitchen. And what, what was Thanksgiving like, having all of your relatives around you? Man, like, it was always a party. Like, that's <laughs> the one thing. Like, with my relatives and my family, no matter what we were going through, it was always a party. It's still like that to this day. Yeah. Like, everybody gets together. My mom actually lives in DR now with all her sisters. They all live in the same house. Oh, it's, they- it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. It's kind of nuts. I call it the compound. Yeah. Because it became, it started as one house that became, like, they started building it up. And I was like, it's a maze where you go in there. You're like, wow, okay. So this is a, this person's section. And they have wings in the house. So. Yeah. It's literally an ant colony. Yeah. Literally. So... <laughs> It's literally an ant colony. Man. I like I like how like they all live together in the one building like up in the Bronx, and yeah. they're like, all right, we're all gonna we're all gonna go. Like, yeah, now they're all they all retired, and yeah. they all moved to Dominican Republic, <laughs> and they all live together. Like, I don't. Sometimes people don't understand, and I'm like, I don't like I didn't know anything else when mm-hmm. I was growing up. So to me, it was uncommon when I when somebody would tell me, oh yeah, my sister they live in California. Like right. I was like, what do you mean? Like. <laughs> 
My I thought that everybody lived in Dominican yeah, Republic. <laughs> together in the same building all the time. Like, how is it not what's happening yeah. right now? And how'd you do in school? Oh, I was a G in school. I was amazing. <laughs> was that your grade? grade. Yeah, <laughs> that was, no, man. Like, I was a really good student. I'm not even going to lie. But I didn't, I didn't do any work in school. But I was a really good student. I just... I was always naturally just inclined to read stuff. So like yeah. I would, I would, I was a kid that was in school that was like five chapters ahead of everybody in the right. textbook. Just yeah. Because I was like, oh, let me see what's gonna happen. Let Are you right brain or left brain? Like creative or, or more like math and numbers? And I'm more creative. Yeah. I'm not math and numbers. Matter of fact, that's what happened in seventh grade. I felt I had to go to summer school for math, and that's when everything started going downhill. But <laughs> summer school. <laughs> summer school. Mm. Yo, listen, I went to a summer school because okay, my school is <laughs> my school in situation is. I didn't go to an English class, like an English speaking school, till I was in third grade. So I was in um, so you were bilingual. Spanish, yeah. I was in bilingual school from Head Start, which was Head Start kindergarten, first, second, third grade was all bilingual. Mm-hmm. So my first language was Spanish. My parents, my parents Sweet. both speak English, but they just raised yeah. us speaking Spanish. Right. So when I went to school for the first time, it was like the first time I had to make complete sp- English sentences. Like it was like what I had to okay culture shock right yeah yeah so then so all the kids you're you're running around with like until third grade are all spanish speaking yeah it's yeah. in school on we went by the time i was in second grade this was public school i my mom decided that she had an epiphany that she was like you know what i'm not gonna keep you guys in public school anymore i'm gonna put you in catholic school private catholic school. oh my god so i went from going to public school and having all, and having all my friends to be yanked out of school and put into a catholic school was what like, was the thing behind that the what the thinking my, yeah they, my parents were just like you know what they'll teach you more and like the schools are better the teachers are better and it wasn't like you needed to be you. saved <laughs> well i mean <laughs> it was getting kind of crazy like i was it was getting kind of crazy in grade school like the first time i started getting into stuff was like all right i was seven or eight years old the first time i got robbed whoa, whoa. so that opened another door where it was like okay now i've got to have to start defending myself like you know what i'm saying yeah. like and it was with like the the the, the hand of God, <laughs> with the hand of God, like no, yeah, Mino oh, came. T- yeah. So here's, no, here's what happened. Like, as a kid, you're growing up as a kid. You're happy, go lucky. You're sheltered. You don't really care what's going on. So I'm going to, like I said, my parents were working. So mm-hmm. during the summer, we used to go to this uh this like public school program, whatever. They'd like, have these programs during summer that you could just go and hang yeah, out. Yeah, like school. a like a day camp sort of thing. Lunch, yeah, yeah. yeah, that type of thing. So at the time. My parents always used to keep me fresh, though. I don't know why. Like I used to have chains and oh shit bracelets and all types. You of, were it's, out it's here a Dominican. Like that? It's yeah. a Dominican yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta keep you gotta keep your little chain, whatever, whatever. So mind you, I'm the happy go lucky, just happy go lucky kid. And in that summer school, I never forgot this. I got robbed like by some sixth, seventh graders. Just grabbed me up, put me in a corner, took all my chains. I had like. One of those, you remember those, um, the what were the bags people used to wear around their waist? The fanny pack? I had a fanny pack. Hold on, but my fanny pack was lit because it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a go yard. It was like, it was a go yard. It was a, it was a, uh, a, a jeans, jeans, jeans go yard joint. Anyway, right? So they literally robbed me, like, as an eight year old. I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't know what the fuck. Did they, did they grab you up or what? Yeah, like they grabbed me up, threw me in the headlock, like, literally yanked my chain off. And I'm like, eight years old. I'm like, what's going on here? So, you know, I go home. And I didn't even tell anybody anything. I was like, damn, I was just mad. I was like, right. I was really upset because yeah, like, sure. these people just grabbed me up. I don't even know who they were. I'd never seen them before, whatever, whatever. So I go home and my dad is like, yo, where's your, where's, you know, where's your necklace? And I'm like, oh, I lost it. He's like, you lost it? I was like, he's like, how? I was like, so eventually I had to tell him what happened. So yeah. my dad is like, nope, 
That's not that's not what's happening. He's like, we're gonna come downstairs, gonna get in the car, and we're gonna drive around till we see these kids that robbed you. And we're gonna pretend that we're a taxi, and we're gonna get those <laughs> yeah. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, we drove around, and I saw like you know, I'm I'm halfway ducking down the window because I really didn't want to see the kids because I really didn't want to be that kid that has his dad coming. Sure, sure. You know, so then my, one of my cousins was with with us in the car. He goes. That's them right there. Those are the kids right there. And I'm like, oh, man. So we get out. And my dad's like, yo, my dad's like, yo, listen, you're going to get out of this car and you're going to get your stuff back or you're not coming back in this car. You're going to walk home. Right. <laughs> that was, so I was like, all right, cool. So we get out of the car and he's like, yo, who did it? And I'm like, oh. He's like, no. He's like, yo, he's, none of y'all going to touch him and he's going to get his stuff back right now. What's going on? What's going on? Whatever, whatever. So I ended up getting my jewelry back. Right? Yeah. So from this point on, it was more like a, like I started getting into stuff because I started hanging out with people just for more protection. Like, yo, you know what? All right, these older guys, they want to mess with us. We're going to do this. We're gonna, it's kind of like a small, smaller, younger gang mentality. Not really a gang, but right. whatever. So my parents started noticing what was happening, and they was like, no, we're stopping that right now. We're taking you out of that school, and they put me in a, in a, in a Catholic school. They're like, we don't care what we have to do to pay the, the Catholic school, which at the time was like, $360 a month, which was, um, to me, at that point, nine years old, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm like, sure. yo, y'all don't need to pay that. I'm good. They're like, no, we're going to put you in the school. So I began going to Catholic school. Now, the crazy part is the Catholic school was literally across the street from the public school that I went oh. to. <laughs> so the school is right across the street, right? <laughs> so here I go. I have all my friends that I know and I've grown up with, whatever. They're in public school. And what do they do every day they come out of school? They go across the street and pick on the Catholic school oh, kid. Fuck. So I'm the, I know everybody. So I'm sitting there like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I'm not getting involved. Like, I was like, I, I try to stop. Like, yo, yo, nah, don't leave him alone. He's cool, man. Yeah. But he was like, yo, nah, man, stay out of this. And I'm like, all right, all right. I'll just stay out of this for now. But yo, guys, yo, fight back. Come on, you guys can fight back. And the Catholic school kids weren't trying to fight back. I'm like, yo, you guys need to fight back. Like, oh. these guys are going to keep bullying you, but... I was just always like in between two worlds coming home. Well, I'd be, I'd be outside on the block with my button down shirt, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, chilling yeah, with yeah. everybody in the corner dressed up like they just came from public school. So <laughs> I was just like always in the middle of something. Were you like swagging out in your in your Catholic what? school Hell stuff? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you'd have to come out of school with your um, you take the tie off. You'd, you'd have to have the um, the fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, not the fanny pack. Come on, man. <laughs> you have to have like the the, the right boots on. Right. You know what I'm saying you'd be swagging out there. There was ways the ways to do it. Um. So you so you graduate from Catholic school. There was something else in between there. What I got happened? sent to boarding school. Sent to board where? Yeah, I got sent to boarding school in Pennsylvania. What did you do? Paoli, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. What? what? Where is that? That's like an hour outside of Philly. So, all right. So, <laughs> even, so listen, man. In high school, right, I was always the kid that I did my own thing, but my own thing might have not been the right thing to do. <laughs> sure. So, I like, like I said, seventh grade is when everything started going a little bit left. I, got, I went to summer school. Shout out. This is going to be crazy. Shout out to the Catholic school that I went to summer school at in the Bronx. I don't remember the name of it, but it was on Hoave. So it was Hoav. a Catholic school Hoav. on Hoave. Yeah. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. So there, I started getting into graffiti and this, that, and the third, right? So I'm going out all hours of the night, busting graffiti, doing my thing. I'm in the streets, hanging out. Not doing, I'm not doing any drugs or doing anything crazy, but you know, I'm just, I just like to go out, have a good time, chill, whatever, whatever. And your tag is Cast One. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was my tag. I was out there 
doing things. Where right? where can we find any of your Yo, girl man, ups? I don't know. I'm not even going to. Yo, I was up here in the Upper West. I was in the Upper West Side. Really? I was, I was lit, man. I was all over. I was, all, I was close to Old City, man. Did you ever do any of the subway stuff? Yes. What? Yo, right here too, the ghost town. What? I was in there, man. Wait, Yo. in the the yeah. um okay. Yeah, I've been there. Wow. You guys want to go? I'll take you down there one day. That's no, crazy. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, listen. So you would you would like sneak down into the tunnel when you knew there wasn't gonna be like a train coming through? Well, that that was a little there's a couple of ways to get down there, but <laughs> the the best way, the way you used to do it, yeah, is just wait till there was no train. Get get in the um like just from the from the actual platform. Yeah. Man, you go down to 79th, you wait till there's no train coming. And then you don't do this at home, kids. <laughs> you have to know about the subway. You have to know about the tunnels and the third rails. Don't do this at home. Third rail, and yeah. the crazy, the, the holes, like, this, it gets crazy. And you just literally run in between trains mm-hmm. till you get to the station. Oh, my God. What was the closest call you had? The closest call? I never had any close calls because I was good, man. Like, no. I always knew <laughs> the trains were coming. Like, there was one time where I was stuck. Okay. There was one time <laughs> where I was stuck between passing trains. Like, uh, you know how to express two and the tree, three yep, go there? Yeah. I said tree like a little bit ago. <laughs> the two and the tree go down there. So one time I was, uh, there was a one train coming. So I was like in between the tracks where the one and the two pass. Oh my God. And then the two train came. So it was like both trains passing by me at the same time. And I'm there like, Move. You didn't spray don't them move. as they were going by? Nah, man. I didn't want to know why. I just like, don't move. Don't move. <laughs> see, um, see, I wouldn't go down there because one, rats. Yeah, sure. They, they run. They don't see you. They don't really hang out with you. I don't know. The New real, York rats are not scared. The real you. reason you wouldn't go down there is the dirt. Well, now, yeah, this was something. That. The first time I went down there, there's something I didn't expect. Like, I was sniffing out dirt for about two days. Uh. Like, you know, like when you... When you blow yeah, your nose, yeah. it's just dirt coming out of you. This is bad, man. Just don't go down there. Like a coal miner. Don't go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was like. It was like a coal miner. You spent more than an hour down there, and it's. Did you wear gloves? Um, sometimes, but not really. Because I mean, like, yeah. wouldn't your hands like end up being like so red or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's nail polish removal. <laughs> you know, you'd be good. You'd be all right. You man come up. home and then your parents are just like, "Why do you smell like nail polish remover?" Well, no, they knew my parents was. I mean, how can you stash? <laughs> 30 cans of spray paint in your bedroom <laughs> and your parents not know what's going on. Like, where would you, what's going on. Where would you Where would you get the spray paint? Oh, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> the stores. <laughs> the stores. We try to like, we go to the stores. We go shopping upstate. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Shopping and, uh, what's this quotation mark? Yeah, shopping. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shopping, so, sure. Yeah, we were out there, man. So wait, okay, so subways, would you hang off rooftops? Yep. Oh. We, there was one time where I got bad, but I didn't really get caught. It was great. It's a great story, right? <laughs> so, one time we were on, um, you know, Yankee Stadium. Sure, yeah. heard of this it. This is a graffiti story. Yeah. Hold on, I got to check, check the statute of limitations. <laughs> might, I might still get. It. So, the old Yankee Stadium used to be right next to the four train. Yes. Right. So right there, when the train comes up on Yankee Stadium, there's a now now there's bars. They're like bars, but there's this building there. It's still there to this day. So what we did was we climbed that building through the side. I don't even remember how we climbed it, but we climbed up the side to the rooftop, and we were up there doing fill-ins on the rooftop right when the train comes. It's like, yo, it's prime real estate. The train passed right by. They yeah. see you all. So, you know, it was me and a couple of friends, whatever. So we're up there, and the police comes, right? We see the police. Like, we hear the police, the sirens coming on. We're like, oh, man, what's going on? We don't know. I look down, and the police are just walking around. There's about five cars, and the, the, the officers are walking around, Looking up, trying to figure out how to climb up to the building, right? How we climbed up. Did you tell them? No. So we're up there. And right I'm like, over Yo. here. So we're up there and we're like, yo, what, the, what are we going to do? So, you know, we have time to think about this because the police can't figure out how to get up. And we're not coming down. They're right, like, right. They're like, come down from there. We know you're up there. We're like, we're not coming down. So, whatever. so I'm like, all right. 
had a quick thinking. There was a chimney, right? Yeah. That came out of the building. We threw all the spray cans down the chimney. So, <laughs> I mean, I hope we didn't blow somebody's furnace. <laughs> but, yo, we threw all the spray cans down the chimney, right? And then we just sat there and waited because I was like, yo, listen, we're not going to be able to get down. Right. So, we're just going to sit here and wait, see what happens. So, it eventually, they figured out how to come up, right? So, the police officer comes up. And he's overlooking the ledge. Like, there's a ledge of the building. So I'm laying. I'm literally laying <laughs> on the floor with the edge on the side of me. And the police guy, is, his head is over the ledge with the flashlight, like, oh moving left God. and right. So it's just like Jurassic Park yeah, with the Velociraptor. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. So he doesn't see us because we're all laying in a line right there. So he finally looks down. He goes, oh, shit. What the <laughs> fuck? He's like, everybody get up. Whatever, whatever. Like, so everybody come down. Get down now. So we get down. <laughs> we get down off the building. And they're like, everybody on your knees, whatever, you know. They, they, everybody on the knees with your heads, with your hands Hand behind your head, head yeah. yeah. So like, you know, what are you guys doing up there? Because they really didn't know what we were doing up there. They just knew we were up there. Yeah. And I, we were like, oh, nothing. We just, we just, we don't have enough money to watch the game. So we're watching the Yankee because Yankee Stadium had a split. Yeah. You could look right into Yankee Stadium. So we're like, we're just up here watching the game, bro. Like we had no money to get into the stadium, and that's, we just wanted to see the game. That's really smart thinking. So they, these officer. Yeah. yeah. Eventually they just let us go because they they really didn't have anything on. Us. Yeah. They were yeah, just yeah. like, all right, whatever, go the fuck home and stay <laughs> off the rooftops. So we're like, they knew what we were doing, but yeah, they couldn't yeah. prove it. So it's like, all right, whatever. Oh, it's a man. good excuse, though. Yeah, I mean, was, you guys are free to use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, you know yeah. All the times that, you know, <laughs> our brother used to work for the Yankees, but, you know, we could have just gone on the rooftop. That's right. Yeah, yeah I could have just gone on the rooftop and caught, and caught the train as it was coming. <laughs> it's great scenery, man. It's great scenery. So your your parents are like, we've had enough. Well, yeah, this was the first time they had enough. So, like, you know, <laughs> and then what happened was my other, one of my cousins um, that had moved from the Bronx they moved here to 111th Street. Mm-hmm. Apartment, we still have that apartment, by the way. So Crazy. they moved there, right? By the way, I just want to say, we're not on 111th Street. That's Please right. We're yeah. not way outside our apartment. With mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jess is trying to give out our address. Yeah, First yeah. of all, yeah. it's, not, it's not our address, but you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But anyway, we're, we're not even close to it. We're very far from <laughs> it. This is actually Upper Harlem, and that's the upper yeah. West. South so anyway, Harlem, yeah, yeah. So he was getting into even more trouble than I was. Like, he was out here. Yeah, you guys, you guys moved in here when it's a good time, man. Back in the days, this used to be on fire down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, well, it used to be the the club was right here. Yeah, Latin right? Quarter. We used to sneak in there. Right I used to sneak in there too. Really? Yeah, with fake IDs. I yeah, was like how was your fake 14. ID? Fourteen. My fake ID was on point. Impeccable. <laughs> yeah. If I could get into Latin Quarter and see um, Ted's move, DJ, yeah. when I was thirteen years old. What was your name, Luis Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my real name though. It was my real name, which is just as bad as Luis Diaz. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so he got sent to boarding school freshman year. Of high school, right? At same boarding school, yeah. Out there in so he was. I was. I was here in New York. He was in fresh. He was in boarding school. And his mom tells my mom, "Oh, you should just send him to boarding school. It'll fix him right up." So, <laughs> so, so my mom, knowing that I wouldn't willingly get on a train to go to boarding school, said one day near the end of summer, "Hey guys." We're all going to Dorney Park. Oh my god! Oh my god! So we all pile up in the van, the whole family. This is like this is like your mom telling you like your dog is dead by taking you <laughs> yeah. to Disney World. No, so we yeah. all, hold on. So we all go to Dorney Park. Right? Are you in your bathing suits? <laughs> yeah, I'm lit. We, we're actually at Dorney Park. We went to Dorney Park. Oh, had a did. great time, right? And so you know, once you get in the car, everybody's tired, and you're not really paying attention. Next thing I know, she's like, okay, yeah, you'll be staying here. Oh, right? my God. And she pulls a suitcase out the back of the van. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a suitcase. I'm like, what's going on here? So she's like, yeah, you will be staying here with your cousin. So enjoy. Yo, that's smart thinking on yeah. your mom's part. Did you enjoy? <laughs> I didn't for the first couple of months. Then after that, it was lit. 
Did you? <laughs> like, yo, it was the worst thing they could have done. Like, boarding school. Let me tell you something, people. Boarding school is where all the privileged rich kids that have disposable income and all the near do wells meet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what happened. I was in boarding school and it was like, it was a party, man. Like, yeah. It was a party. We'd go to Philly every weekend. And just hang out. We weren't supposed to, but we'd sneak out of school. You weren't supposed to sneak out of school. <laughs> yeah, no. We'd sneak out all the time. We'd sneak out all the time and go to the malls, go to school, go to other schools. Like, so oh. you make it sound wholesome. Wait, Yo. so you didn't you didn't have a driver's license or a car? I didn't. So you knew somebody who did, though. Or did you take a well, train or something? Or did well, you steal a car? School? No, to go to Philly. Bingo. <laughs> Hello. You <laughs> hit it right on the dot. <laughs> so, so what we used to do, what we used to do... <laughs> There was this old caretaker on the at, at the school, right? Listen, man, I got a story. There's was, there was an old caretaker at the at the um at the school. He had like a big Doberman that he used to walk all the time. This guy had to be at least like seventy years old. He was old. And he had a Jaguar, right? So he had a green Jaguar, XJ something or other. I don't remember. <laughs> oh my god. So basically when you used to when you were at boarding school or at that boarding school in particular, you could either for out of school activities, you could either be on a team. Mm-hmm. Or work for a team, or be assigned work on the school grounds. Being that I wasn't on a team at the time, I was working on school grounds. So me and a bunch of other guys, we'd be doing stuff like shoveling, cleaning. Like there are different duties you could do. You could do kitchen duty, whatever. So point was, somebody that was assigned to be to work with him, with the with the caretaker guy, he'd be like, yo, he'd give him these keys to go. I don't know, go get the shovel, go do whatever. So what this one kid did, he took the car key off the ring. <laughs> Went, made a copy of the key, and then just put gave him his keys back. So now we had a copy of the car, oh the car keys. So what we would do is we learned his routine, and we knew that every night at a certain time he would take his dog out, and then he would just go in for the night. So we'd go. We'd wait till he went in for the night, go to the car, put it on neutral, push it out. Oh, my. Push it down the street, start it, and we'd be off to Philly. This is like this is like <laughs> so, Animal House so we'd meets borrow, Ferris we'd Bueller. We'd borrow like, the car. We'd borrow the car in quotation marks. Yeah, borrow, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. borrow the car <laughs> to go out to Philadelphia, hang out, I and then come think back. Of anything more suspicious than a bunch of teens driving a Jaguar? <laughs> <laughs> listen, a lot of them. Listen, but it wasn't. We like had, you might as well have just been like, but it was, there was some eighteen. Each other, like wearing there was one some seventeen coat, and yeah. eighteen-year-old guys. You know, we looked. They looked. We looked apart. I mean, it was. Listen, it was sketchy. It was, and they actually, the one night that I decided not to go, they got caught. Whoa! Yeah, it was nuts. How lucky were you? Suspicious that you called in the tip. No, (laughs) I fell asleep. I I just didn't wake up that night. How interesting! I know. I was. I felt bad, man. I felt bad that everybody and everybody that was in the car that night got kicked Uh, out of school. But uh, yeah, it was. Wait, so more Jaguar for you? Did you? Did you do any any spray painting while you were no, up there? No, it was nothing. Totally good. reformed. It was totally reformed. Wow. That that was out the window. I had well, better things to do. Yeah, yeah I had better yeah. things to do like like steel cars, <laughs> steel jaguars. So that all went out the window, and then I was just like, it was a great year, man. I almost died that year. I remember that. <laughs> what what Wait, does that you mean? Can't I almost that drowned. Up with that. No, almost, but it was, besides yeah. the fact that I almost drowned, it was a great year. Like, almost drowned. Yeah, because we had a pool there. Too much pussy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Listen, we had a pool. The school had a pool, right? And then we had, I never forget this day, too, man. We had a barbecue. And, you know, everybody just hanging out, going in the pool. So this guy, man, I never forgot his name, Marcel. Marcel, if I ever see you again, <laughs> man, Marcel almost killed me, right? So we're, at the, we're chilling. We're hanging out. And he's like, yo, man, let's jump in the pool. Everybody, we're having a good time. And I'm like, yo, Marcel, 
He's like, yeah, let's jump in the deep. And I was like, yo, can you swim? He's like, yeah, I can swim. I can swim. Of course I can swim. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had never seen him get in the pool ever. Yeah. Right. So every we all jump. We jump in the pool. He's like, yo, let's cannonball. So you could do the biggest splash, whatever. whatever. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So we jump into the pool. This guy can't swim. So what he does is he just grabs onto me and oh. drags me under. So here I am under and he's holding me under because he's trying to, he's panicking. He's trying to sure, get up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's pulling me down, trying to get up. So he's actually pushing me down. So I'm like, I literally, like I was, I had to be maybe like, a, like maybe 30 seconds away from drowning. Like it, was na- it was nuts. Like well, I had to get taken out of the pool and yeah, it was nuts. Wait, someone saved both of you guys or well, just you? <laughs> somebody saved me because he saved himself by pushing me down. Okay. Oh, so mother- he got out and somebody grabbed him and pulled him out. That motherfucker. I know, yeah. that motherfucker. Shout Marcel. Out to Marcel. Marcel. Leave a comment, Marcel. Marcel. <laughs> from Pennsylvania. I forgot him. So how do you go from there back to Catholic school? Well, what happened was um, my parents couldn't afford the, co- the school anymore. Oh, okay. Gotcha, so they gotcha. were like, they, all right. <laughs> so this is where this is where my dad gets deported. Deported. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna let everything. Yeah. Out, so yeah, my yeah, dad, yeah. at the time when I was in boarding school, something happened. I don't know. I don't really know what happened. Yeah. But he got caught up in some type, some sort of scheme, and he got arrested. Right. Some light thing where he would have to be inside for like six months, something like that. But mm-hmm. what happened was my dad never became a U.S. citizen. Oh. So he got deported. Yeah. Oh. Right. So that happens. Back to the DR. He got deported back to DR. Yeah. So what happens with that? Then at this point, my ma- my mother can't afford to just pay for the for the boarding school, so I have to come back. Now, mind you, while I was at boarding school, and I came back, my mom neglected to tell me that we moved from where we live <laughs> to somewhere else. Right? So Your mom's been holding like a lot of seats. Yeah, like, she, right? my mom. <laughs> listen, but I get, but I credit my mom with a lot. My mom is even even the reason I'm a DJ right now. I'll get into that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So we, I come back, and we're living in a whole new apartment, whole new building. The building was literally up the block from where I grew up as a child. Before mm-hmm. I, I, When I was, 1944, I was there. It was the hood. It was it was bad building. We moved to 1889. It was better. Still in the hood, but a good building. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to 1950, which was up the block from mm-hmm. 1944. Now, what happens is, the whole time that I'm in high school, freshman year, you know, when I'm running around doing this stuff, getting into trouble, I had issues with the kids that lived in that building. Mm-hmm. At 1950. 1950. So at 1950, like they would, they used to go to um, Roosevelt, which was a school in the Bronx. Yeah. Everybody knows Roosevelt. He's probably yeah. come up here a couple of times. So they used to go to Roosevelt and um, I used to have, some of my friends used to go to other schools like Taft, whatever, whatever. So we had issues. I always had like, we've gotten into fights with these kids. So we know, we know each other. Whenever we see each other, it was on site. You knew something was going to happen. You right. were going to get in a fight or they were going to jump you or whatever. So I come back and we pull up to the building and I'm like, what are we doing here? And I mind you, one of my aunts also lives in the building. That's how we got the apartment. I was like, so Were you what? cool with her? But my aunt, yeah, I was yeah. cool with her, but I, yeah. I, I had to come I visit know late like at night. Outside, you know, yeah. I don't know inside. So, you yeah. know, I'm like, what are we doing here? My mom's like, oh, we live here now. I'm like, oh. <laughs> she obviously doesn't know the ins she, and no, outs She doesn't here. know. She doesn't yeah. know. So I get out of the car and the first thing I do, I see at least 10 of the kids, 10 of them, 10 of them outside the building just looking at me like, but, you know, I'm with my mom, so they're kind of respectful of that. Yeah, yeah. So they don't do anything. I'm with my mom, I'm with my mom and my yeah, little mom sister. Yeah, mom rules apply. That's right. <laughs> yeah, mom rules apply. So I walk in, whatever. They're grilling me the whole time. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fucking shit storm of a summer. This was so I, this was summer of sophomore year. I was going into my junior year of high school. So I'm like, all right. So the whole summer, like, I, w- I knew that every time I went outside to mm-hmm. go anywhere, supermarket, store, I was going to have to get in a fight or I was going to have to run. Oh, my God. Every day. So I was like, all right. So I was fighting every other day. 
I was walking, whatever, whatever. So then it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not even leaving my house. I'm just going to stay in my house because I don't really want to deal with this. I had a job. I would go to work, come back, whatever, whatever. But I was like, I'm not even going to deal with this. I'm just right, going to sit gonna in the house. you're going to work remotely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I sat at home. I was just sitting, I was sitting in my house watching videos all day. I'd be watching BET, MTV, just being a bum. <laughs> I'm going to work or if, if I have to go outside, getting ready to fight, whatever. Right. Right. So my mom was like, one day my mom was like, yo, what the fuck? I'm getting sick of seeing your face in here. Like, do something. <laughs> do something. Like, go get your turntables or some shit. Do something. Because I used to DJ before I went to boarding school, like, mm-hmm. as a hobby. Yeah. So I would be in my house, you know, DJing, messing around, whatever, whatever. So, but when we moved, when I went to boarding school, I left all that. I didn't, stop. I didn't DJ at all that whole year. I didn't do any of that. So I forgot all about it. I didn't even think about it. Like, whatever. It was just something we did. Like, something you do, like, play basketball. You used to yeah. DJ. Whatever. Forgot all about it. So here I am this summer. And my mom is just on me. And she's like, yo, I'm sick of, just do something. Go play music. Do something. So I'm like, all right. So I go, like, and I had to literally dig out these old turntables that I had, like an old turntable. I had to dig it out of, I don't even know where it was, because I didn't move my stuff. My parents right. moved my yeah, right. So I had to go find it. So I found it. I set was it still up. in good condition? Yeah, it was in good condition for what it was. It was a trash turntable, but, <laughs> I mean, for what it was, it was in good condition. So, what, so, was, your, what was your uh, vinyl game like? My vinyl game was the lethargic, for lack of a better word. Like, you know, like, because it was, I wasn't seriously thinking of considering being a DJ. Like, it was just something I did for fun. Like, we right. played video games. I used to DJ. So I used to go down the, down the block to a record. It used to be a record store down the block. I used to go down there, buy a couple of records of songs that I like, bring them upstairs, mess with them for a little bit, and then just leave it alone. Did you get two copies of every record? Couldn't afford it. Okay. So right. I had one copy of the record, and then mm. I had, like, I would place, I, as a matter of fact, I only had one turntable when I first started. So I would play songs or play something on a tape deck and then just scratch along to it. So I'd have one copy of like Mike Geronimo. Yeah. One copy <laughs> Yo, of. Yo, shout like, out to Mike Geronimo, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Or one copy of, of Juicy. Or one copy of MCA. Like, you know, I just had one copy of everything. Yeah. So, because even back then, when you're a kid as a DJ, like, them records are were at the time like $5 a piece. So you're like, Ten dollars for two records. I don't got it. I right. got I got twenty, so I get four records, and I just work my way from there. Yeah, yeah. So here I go. I'm in my room, and I just start DJing. We used to live on the first floor, and our window used to face outside of mm-hmm. the front of the building. So I just started DJing. Like fuck it, I'm just playing music really loud. So I'm DJing every day. Like speaker out the window. Yes. Yeah. Speaker out the window, yeah. so you can hear me when you drive That's by. Right. <laughs> right? It's a party out here, man. I'm gonna have my own party. So one day, I'm in there DJing, whatever. And my mom comes to my door. She's like, yo, there's some kid outside at the door. He wants to talk to you. Some kid wants to see you at the door. And I'm like, I don't know any. I don't mess with none of these kids here. So I don't know who wants to see me at the door. She's like, yeah, some kid. I don't know. He's just going to see what he wants. I don't know. I'm sick of knocking on my door. <laughs> Mom's trying to set you up. So I, know, I go yeah. to the door, right? And I look through the peephole. And it was one of the kids that I always fight with. And I'm like, oh, this, here we fucking go. Here we go. Now we're going to do this at the, in the crib. All right, whatever. So I open the door. And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, "Yo, what's up, man? How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm alright." He's like, "Yo, um, yo, you DJ?" And I'm like, "Maybe." Yeah. You, you know, I'm like, "Why are you having a conversation yeah. with me, fam? Like, we just fought three days ago. Like, like maybe I don't know." And he's like, "Oh, alright, cool." He's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I DJ too. You know, and a couple of other dudes we in the building we DJ. We was listening to you outside. You alright, man? So you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, "Yo." If you ever want to DJ with us, I'm saying, just let me know. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, whatever. We'll just rock out. And I'm like, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, no doubt. <laughs> He's like, all right, cool, man. All right, see you, see you later. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go back in my room. I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I 
I'm not fucking with those dudes, man. <laughs> so, you know, eventually, eventually I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to try to make some friends somehow. So eventually, I, 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 I started talking to them. And they were cool. So I was like, and it turns out that in this building, there were about six other DJs. Oh, well, right? I'm not shocked at that because everybody's a DJ. Yeah. No, but it was different back then because <laughs> now you get a laptop and you're a DJ. Back right, then, you right. had to actually go get records. So this kid that knocked on my door was Mark the Spot. I don't know if you guys know DJ Mark the Spot, Mm-mm. but he's from LA. He's a big DJ out there in LA, whatever. But at the time, we were just kids growing up in the Bronx. So it became a thing where he had. Turn, he had two turntables, but he had like one record of each. I had one record of each, so we kind of like put them together. You had a record pool. Yeah, I know. I was just we say. had a record pool. We had our own little DJ record pool, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. Mind you, to me it was still a game because I never DJed for anybody. Never DJed outside of my room, right? At all. So he's like, yo, yo, we're doing a, we're throwing a house, we're throwing house parties. What's up? You want to get down? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I guess, I guess, whatever. So what we used to do was. We used to find what apartments were empty because this building is like a really big building. It's like a really big complex. So like we'd find out what empty apartments they were and just get the apartments and just throw a party in the, apart- <laughs> in the empty apartment and just be like, all right, whatever. Or we'd find a crackhead, yeah. just give them like $20 <laughs> and they'd let us use their apartment. It's nuts. <laughs> but so that's how that started. So I started from that, just doing house parties. How good were you at the time, you think? Oh, I was amazing. Yeah? No, I wasn't amazing. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't amazing, but I wasn't bad. I was pretty good. I'm not even going to lie. I was pretty good. Like, yeah. I was always just pretty good at it because I just, that is what I did all day. Like, I used to just DJ all day. So I was, but what I did find out was that I was doing it wrong. <laughs> I had been doing it wrong the whole time. Did you not plug it in? <laughs> no, meaning that I, 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 I plugged everything in backwards. Oh. So, like, my turntables, you know how they say one and two? Mm-hmm. My turntables are actually two and one. <laughs> but I didn't know because I didn't know any DJs. You're like Jimi Hendrix, like playing with the guitar upside down. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Lighting exactly shit on fire. What it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So the first time I'm DJing with anybody else, I'm looking at them and I'm like, yo, man, you're doing that wrong. And they're like, what are you talking about? Actually, you know what, my friend? You're the one doing it wrong. So I still do it wrong to this day. I just said, fuck it. This is how I do it. I'm and did you, did you get on the mic at all? Back then? Yeah. Nah, it was new for me. Okay. I wasn't. I, I didn't know how to do that. I wasn't really on the mic thing because I was just like. You just had someone else do that. Yeah, so he you, would do that. Yeah. I would, Mark would do that. I would DJ, and then we'd switch back and forth. But those were crazy times too because here I am, reformed, right, right, right. reformed. Right. But now I'm staying out all types of late type, like all hours of the night, hanging out, throwing house parties. Now these house parties were dangerous because in the Bronx you throw a house party. And we used to make flyers and put them out, and people would just show up. Yeah. So we'd never know. It was, there was no searching. People would just walk in there. There'd be fights all the time. and like People paying, though. Yeah, $2. Yeah, pay your $2, man. Pay your $2, get right in. And how'd you do it there at the end of the night? We did I. I mean, we spent like 100 bucks or something okay. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it was we were really just doing it just because we wanted to throw, throw a party sure. and have mm-hmm. a good time. We'd have to keep like... Is the old school where you keep a gun in the crate. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like... Well, who was carrying your crate at that point? Me. Oh, shit. It was me. But who was, was carrying us. the gun? <laughs> well, <laughs> the gun would stay in the crate. So yeah. wherever, wherever the crate ended up that night, that's where the gun would end up. So like the crate <laughs> might end up in my house. You know what? Actually, the crates used to end up in my house a lot because I lived on the first floor. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to walk up five flights of steps with because the elevator was out with the crates. Oh, my God. So they ended up in my house a lot. But you had like the bars in the windows too, right? Yeah. Okay. I had the bars in the windows, so I was good. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna come in and steal the crates. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm so, worried about the vinyl, not the gun. When I graduated high school, I went to college. Right? I wasn't planning on going to college; it wasn't in my agenda. Mm-hmm. But once again, mom said, "No, you're going to college." Guess Bronx what? Bronx community? No. Oh. So she um, 
she registered me for school without me even knowing. I didn't even know I was registered. So Where'd she you go? go? Long Island University. LIU. Yeah. LIU. Out in Long Island. CW <laughs> Post, right? So she goes, the day I'm supposed to be at school, she comes into my room, I'm sleeping. She's like, yo, you, what are you doing? You got to go to school. I'm like, I'm not going to school. She's like, yeah, you are. You're registered. So either this, this like two things are going to happen today. You're going to leave here. That's going to happen. Right, gonna, right. That's going to happen. <laughs> so either you're going to come back or you're not. Like if you go to school, you could come back. If you don't go to school, you're not coming back. You were going to commute. Yeah, no, I, no. I had a dorm room. I just didn't oh. even know that. Like, <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know I had a dorm room. How much of this is your mom actually did tell you these things and you just weren't listening? <laughs> it could have been that. Yeah. Or it, it was more like I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then she then was like, "Oh, you're not doing it? Okay, I'm not doing it." I'm like, "Why should I? I'm not going to school? I'm gonna just get a job." Like I had a job. I used to work at JFK, so I was lit. Wait, Wait what were you doing? Oh, sorry, at JFK? not JFK. Um, oh. LaGuardia. Oh. So, well, still, like, what would you, you know, do? I had a lot of jobs, man. I'm the Renaissance <laughs> man when it comes to working. I what'd you do at, um, at LaGuardia? I worked at Delta Airlines. I was that guy that cleaned the plane when people got off the plane. Really? So we used to clean the plane. What'd you find? Uh, I found a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Phones, wallets. Really? I never, got to, I never got to keep it, though. Well, of course. But yeah. Phones, wallets, uh, passports, everything Damn. you could think of. Like Children. Yeah. Children. Yeah. <laughs> like We used to change the, water, change the water in the bathroom. That's horrendous. You know the blue toilet water? Yeah, no? wait, what? Yeah, we'd have to change that under the plane. So we'd Damn. have to get under there, change that. Clean the bathroom. How do you, how do you, is it like a pipe or something you have to Well, put it was into? a truck, right? So it was like a truck that you, you'd sit on the truck. Like, there were certain things that you wanted to be the person <laughs> to do and certain things you didn't want to be the person to do. Sure. Right? Sitting in the truck was one thing you wanted. You wanted to be the truck driver. Yeah. Right? When it came time to change the water, when you were on that detail, one person was sitting in the truck, <laughs> one person was sitting outside on the top of the truck. So once you get to under the plane, you literally have to climb up on top of the truck, unscrew on the bottom of the plane. It's like, yeah. a, you unscrew yeah. that. Once you pull that down, a bunch of blue water is gonna fall on you before oh. you put the other before you put the other hose in. There's no mechanism where no. it's like a catch-all. No, no? there's no catch. There's you, no catch can, fam. If your face is a catch, what you do? Like flip a coin to like decide like who <laughs> yeah. is who? Yeah. Yo, nah. Everybody just got a sign like rotation. So like, if you if you got real nice with it, you could like use the wind speed to figure out which way the water is gonna go when you take the when you open the and here you, you said that you hatch. weren't good at like math and science Yo, right? listen, <laughs> I, was, I was a pro when it came to with the wind speed so then you have to so once you put one um one uh uh what do you call that i'm a little lost for, for words right now bucket i want to say it in spanish once you put one manguera no once you put the hose yeah to take out the blue water you have to yeah. put another hose to put it back in so right yeah. that's how that went there was that. There was food delivery was the best. Yeah, you just sit on the food truck and you just take the cart. You know the little cart that they push down. Yeah, that entire cart comes off the plane and you just put a whole reloaded one. Do you in. have a like a whole different kind of appreciation for? I do. Yeah. I do for no, people that work for flying on the plane. For people that work for people that do that job, man. Listen, that job was back break. It was horrible, man. Like, Were you friends with the guys who would do the luggage? Yeah, everybody yeah. was cool. Everybody was friends with everybody. I remember, but I was at the time I was the youngest kid working there. And I remember this one guy, this is the reason I left, because this one guy, he was like, he had to be like 45 or whatever. He looked at me, he was like, yo, what are you doing here? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm working. He was like, how old are you? I was like, yeah, I'm like 17. He was like, do me a favor, my man. He's like, quit, go to school, man. Go to school, get a real job, because you don't want to be here like me when, you, when, I'm, when, I, when you're 50. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I thought about it for a second. Nah, fuck that shit. I'm not going to school. <laughs> <laughs> but then my mom, my mom came and mom was like, nah, you're going to school. So literally that day, I had to, I, I just grabbed like a carry-on and I figured out how to get to Long Island because I'd never been there before. 
And I figured out how to get to Long Island on the train because I, I only had enough money for a token. Yeah. So if you're smart, you can get all the way to Long Island <laughs> with a token, fam. Yes. I'm trying to like... You take the seventh train to Flushing. Right? Yeah. That's what you gotta do. You take the seventh train to oh, Flushing. Then you transfer. Then you get on the bus. The yeah. N20, that'll take you all the way out to Broadway Mall in Hicksville. Oh, my so, God. So, you know, you could get out to Long Island on, on one fare. So, I figured that out. So I finally right, get it's it's LIU you like CW years. post. Yeah, on 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 a token, fam. Like who's who's nice like me? <laughs> I get out there and I don't know what's going on. So I have to go to Bursa or whatever. I register and I and I they gave me my room. They're like, yeah, you have a room. I'm like, oh, okay, I have a room. Cool. So that's how I was, that's how my college career started, right? And at that point, when I went to school, I came back. That was like on a Monday or something like that. I came back home on that Friday, and I was like, all right, I guess that's it for DJing. <laughs> on to the next one. So I took. I was like, I literally took all my equipment and was like, yo, here, you can take everything. So I gave it to uh, my partner, which was Mark. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hey, I'm not DJ no more. Here, take everything. I don't care. So he took all the records. Well, what was the plan the then? You're going to go to school for what? I went to school. I didn't know. I was just <laughs> going to school. So I went to school and I, and I was like, yo, you know what? I like broadcasting, so I guess I'll do that. Like, yeah. So I just went and I just got, I, was, I just started. No, I'm lying. It was psychology. My first psychology. thing was psychology. I was a psych major. So for the first semester, I was a psych major. And I was like, this shit is bullshit. <laughs> so, so I was a psych major, right? I was in school and I got rid of all my DJ equipment. I didn't even think I was ever going to DJ again. I was like, all right, cool. I'm done with that. On to the next day. So here I am in school, first couple of months. And um, again, there's about three or four DJs in my dorm, right? <laughs> and they all sucked. They sucked. Dude. Yeah. They were horrible. I was like, yo, you guys are trash. They're like, what are you talking about? Whatever. I was like, like, you do it. If you could do it better. I was like, all right. So I did. I, showed up. I was like, yo, you got to do it like this and whatever. But it was like, yo, you pretty good. I was like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But I don't They're really. like, you're doing it backwards. Yeah, they're like, you're doing it backwards. I was like, nah, this is the right one. <laughs> so one of my friends, um, Money Mike from Connecticut, shout out to Money Mike from Connecticut, <laughs> he had 1200s. At this point, I had never even touched the 1200. Right. So I didn't even like those were unattainable to us because of how expensive they were. One turntable was like four hundred dollars, which was like I don't have four hundred dollars right. on a turntable. Yeah. So this was the first time I ever even used a twelve hundred. It was like life changing. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is amazing. I didn't even know it could be this good. Yeah. Know? So like um so this was a couple months into school. So he's like, Yo, I live in Connecticut, I do parties out there and I have a radio show. Let's go to Connecticut on the weekends. I'm like, All right, fuck it, why not? <laughs> so we started going to Connecticut on the weekends. And I was like, oh, this DJ thing is kind of cool. So we do parties out there. And it was like in Hartford. And and he was on the radio out there. And it was fun. So I was like, all right, cool. This is cool. We came back to school. And I was like, you, I, I realized that there were people at school getting money to DJ from the school. So they're literally charging the school thousands of dollars. Students are, t- yeah. are charging the school. Yeah, I need $1,500 to do this <laughs> this fashion show event. I'm like. I could do that. Right. I could do, I could totally do that. So there was a, how it happened, how it first began, it was a talent show at the school. So, you know, us being freshmen, we're the coolest guys on campus. <laughs> we don't care what you say. We put together like a routine where some of them are rapping and I was DJing and some of them were dancing, but that got us exposure to all the other like school clubs. Yeah. So they just started kind of like booking me to do events. Like, so I was like, all right, cool. I'll do the, sure, I'll do your 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 spring fling formal <laughs> yeah okay why not that's how i started actually i had to kind of like rebuild my whole dj thing because i stopped djing and i already gave all my stuff to my partner yeah. right who at the time moved to la <laughs> so he moved to la and took everything with him right but i didn't really like you know whatever i was like all right cool whatever it's not a big deal I so now it's over. you and money mike yeah now it's me and money mike me money mike and and the, and the crew i forgot the crew's name but yeah we were we were 
So we're we're like real cocky freshmen. <laughs> you know, when you're the cocky freshman in school, you're telling them, eh, these seniors are trash. Right. These juniors are garbage. Yeah. These sophomores are trash. Yeah. You just they can't mess can't with us. can't stop fighting with people. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, so we have fights again. <laughs> and the fights turned into battles, and it became like something where people hated each other type thing. <laughs> so El Bugs used to go to school, too. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, El Bugs used to be at, at CW Post. He was a student at CW Post. He was a year of, but he was a sophomore. Was he trash so or garbage? You, <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a DJ. He was a he was a host. But he was uh, he was popular. He, yeah. was, he was the guy. I'm but not even going to front. We fucking hated him. He was, uh, we fucking hated that guy. <laughs> we fucking hated El Bugs. He was the guy. Like, right. He was the guy. So we were like, yo, fuck that guy. He, shit, he can't <laughs> fuck with us, right? So, what kind of records are you playing? Um, Buster Rhymes, Benjamins, mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that. This was around this time. So it was like... Put your hands on my eyes and see. Yeah. And all that stuff was, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, um, Bugs was on the radio back then at school. So he was on the school radio station or whatever. And I didn't, I didn't even thought about that. Like, I didn't even think about that. And then, um, I think later on, maybe it's the second semester of that year, two friends of mine, Aaron, which you guys might know, he does, uh, what's the thing with Combat Jack? Oh, A King? Yes, A King. So A King went to school with me too, right? Oh, so crazy. A King, A King and Rasheen used to do the show on Tuesday nights, and they were going against El Boogs, who was on Wednesday nights. <laughs> but they needed they needed a DJ. So A King comes up to me he's like, "Yo, Aaron, as I know, like, yo, bro, yeah, you, we need you. You gonna be our DJ? You gonna, be our, <laughs> you gonna shut this down? You gonna be our DJ? You know how he talks? Like, you gonna yeah, be our yeah, DJ? So yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. So that's how I started doing radio because the A King, A King, Rasheen, we started doing a, a radio show, and, and we used to play Matt Underground, like you. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that commercial top 40 shit. We play underground here, boy. We used to have all the rappers come up there and like all the people that used to go to like Lyricist Lounge and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were doing that for a while. And you know, it was like a heated competition type thing. And then, dude, there was so much going on. So I got kicked out of school <laughs> for inciting a riot. Right? What? Sure. Now, do you guys know Steven Victor? Yes. Yeah. He was also there. So oh, Steven crazy. Victor was a freshman <laughs> with me, right? So Steven Victor, who works for um for Pusha and Kanye, he's president, the president. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah, so so me and Steven Victor, we were good friends. Like it was a, it was a bunch of crew a crew of us. So <laughs> one day we were bored to hell. We were bored to shit. There was a lot of people that went to see the posts that are in the industry right now, and it's like the whole branching out thing that yeah. I'll tell you guys about. But so we're chilling, we're chilling at school, and it's like a Saturday, and we're bored today. We have nothing to do, so we're like, yo, you know what? Let's start prank calling people. <laughs> When a good idea goes bad, right? Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. prank calling people, yeah, and that's fine. Good idea. That's fine. <laughs> just prank calling people, like, oh, we're going to go, whatever. So we decided <laughs> to prank call this one girl. She lived on the second floor. And what we were going to do was we are going to call her and be like, oh, I'm at your door right now and knock on the door. <laughs> so we did it, whatever. It was me, Steven, and like three or four other dudes, whatever. So we did it. We did it. And it was fun. It was, ha, 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 we got you, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Little did we know her dad was like a sergeant. Captain Lieutenant of a police of a, Wait, a but, cop. but how good was his sense of humor? It wasn't good at all <laughs> because they came looking for us, right? The cops came looking for us on campus, like literally plucked us out of class one by one. And I was like, because he made some calls. He called the, the, the police department in Long Island, whatever. Was it a prank call? No, his call was real serious. It wasn't yeah. a prank call. So they came looking for us, right? So they picked us off one by one off campus. So it was me, Steven Victor, and a couple other dudes, right? So because of that, Cause it was actually became a legal case where yeah we got taken to, we got to, we got taken to the to the police station arrested it was it became crazy it, it blew out of proportion it got, it got crazy so that happened like on a Monday night where we got arrested so Tuesday night a King I know you remember this a King <laughs> a King and Rasheen go on the radio and start talking about how 
yo, man, our DJ's not here today because Stephen Victor snitched, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve used to run with a lot of dudes from Brooklyn. Yeah. He's from Brooklyn. So he used to run yeah. with a lot of dudes from Brooklyn after school. And, you know, we were all cool with each other, but it was they were kind of like different cliques, but we were intertwined. So, like, I had the clique with Mike, Money, and all of them, whatever. Yeah. And Steven had his little Brooklyn clique, and L. Brooks was over here, but we kind of intertwined with each other. Not so much our crews, right. but we were cool. Yeah. So, A. King and Rasheen on the radio, yo, yeah, Steven, doing this and that, he's a snitch, <laughs> right? Mind you, I'm in my house, on my couch, with my mom screaming on me, talking about, you got kicked out of school. And Steve is in Brooklyn doing the same thing. We're talking to each other on the phone, like, yo, be this whack. Man, damn, man. Like, we got, now we got to go to court, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know this is going on. Right. So it just so happened that Steven's crew didn't take too lightly to A. King and them <laughs> talking crazy about Steve. So they show up at the, at the radio station, ready to turn shit upside down. Oh, my God. And... That just became something else. That became something else that led to somebody getting stabbed. It just became, it got crazy. What? Yeah, it got crazy. Like, so now, not only am I out of school for that case, right? So when I go back, <laughs> I, I went back on Wednesday to go for the like student review board, right? And they're like, oh no, you're really out of here. You incited a riot. <laughs> I'm like, incited a riot? How? I wasn't even here. I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> so then I got kicked out of school again. Like, I, I'm like, how do I get kicked out of school <laughs> while being kicked out of school, right? So, <laughs> So long story short, like I had to go to court. They threw the case out. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It was just a father going, being overprotective of his daughter. Or right. Whatever. So Steve never came back to school. Nobody ever knew what happened to Steve. Like I never saw Steve again. Like after that happened, Steve, please, please hit up Cass. No. <laughs> so I met Steve later on, years down the line again. You're but, like you? <laughs> yeah. So like, so he got, he got, like I don't know whatever. He went down his road. I don't know where he went. So he was gone. <laughs> the way I, I re-met Steve and Victor was a. Uh, he was working at Interscope, and Renee, who was a good friend of mine, was also working at Interscope. So I was dealing with some stuff with Lloyd Banks, and Renee was Lloyd Banks, um, you know, Renee, Renee used to do all their promotions, whatever yeah. the case. So he had to go see Steven for something, because I think Steven was doing his, uh, Steven was working in, um, he was like a product manager and a bunch of other stuff up there at the, at, at the label. So he was like, yeah, hold on, man. I got to go see Steve about this shit. You know how Renee talks. I got to see Steve about this shit. He's walking. He's like, yo, man. Yo, you fucking motherfucker. Blah, 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 blah. And I hear Steve in the background. What? <laughs> no, nah, man, whatever, bro. And, he's like, and then Renee's like, yo, shut up, Victor. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like putting things, like, like putting one and two together. I'm like, Steven, Victor. And then Renee's like, <laughs> and you know, Renee's Dominican and Steven yeah. is Haitian. So they play on that a lot. So Renee's like, shut up, you Haitian. And Steven's like, yo, shut up, you Dominican. And I'm like, I know a Haitian Steven Victor. I haven't seen him in like, t-. I'm like, yo, Renee. He's like, yeah, I was like, is that Steven Victor? <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, he's like, you know him? I was like, put him on the phone. Put him on the line right now. So I'm like, he gets on the phone. He's like, hello? I'm like, yo, Steve. What's up, man? He's like, who's this? I was like, it's Cast One. He's like, who the fuck is Cast One? Oh, he, didn't know, he didn't know him by that name. Oh, really? At the time, that wasn't my name. Like, I didn't have a, like, for that one year, freshman year, I didn't have a <laughs> DJ name, so he didn't know me by that name. And I'm like, yo. Is Juancho. He was like, what? Yo, what the fuck is going on here? Yo, the small world. Blah, blah, blah. So that's how we kind of like reconnected. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nuts, man. Like this world, this this whole world is nuts. Oh, it's it's a really small industry. Yeah, it's yeah. very small, very small. So I'm back in school and like second year, as I told you, we had a big rivalry. Oh, Bugs was our rival, whatever. Mm-hmm. I walk into school. I walk into my room. My roommate is Oh, Bugs. Crazy. Did you, wait, did you stab him? <laughs> Almost. I was like, nah, man, nah. 
nah, man, nah, like, nah, this ain't happening right now. So we were kind of forced to deal with each other. Right? Yeah, because you were roommate. living together. Yeah. It's my roommate. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this <laughs> sucks, bro. So, <laughs> was he was he a good roommate? Bugs? It depends. <laughs> she had days. Books like to party, man. Mm-hmm. So he would throw a party every night. There'd be a party in our room every night. Like our room, <laughs> you know when you go to a college dorm and you have the people whose rooms are set up to be a college dorm, they have their desk and they have like, yeah. our shit was set up like a club. <laughs> you walk inside, there were couches and, and bean bags and DJ equipment and spe- your books had yeah, speakers. Yeah, you can't, you can't go to any uh, club without there being yeah, bean bags. Bo- sure, yeah. Books had speakers. Like he had like club speakers in the closets like, like there was no room to put clothes i walked in there i was like yo where am i gonna put my clothes like all the rooms were full of speakers i'm like yo what the this fuck? fucking guy this fucking guy i just want to go to school and, and graduate man so he had turntables set up like it was a club like one of the desks was turntables like tur- dj equipment on one of the desks and it was just like it was a club man so wait, was, like, wait was the was the mini fridge like stocked with like bottles yep, like we didn't have a mini fridge we had three. Oh, they, <laughs> were stacked, they were stacked up on top of each other with all types of liquor like it was it was a crazy time, man. It Did ladies crazy. get into your room free before midnight? Yeah, they got in yeah. free before midnight, especially if they had a meal card. Because <laughs> <laughs> we live right next to the quad. We were like, yo, you got a meal plan, baby. You good. You good in this club. So, right? Wait, what did you guys call your dorm room? Oh, we had a we had a name for it. I forgot what it was called, man. <laughs> we definitely had a name for it. It was like Queens. It was Our room was, our, our dorm was Queens Hall, and our room was 101. So I think it was like, Q101 something <laughs> like that something like Q101 come to Q101 baby. room 112 baby room 101 you know what I'm saying <laughs> so like so something happened with Rasheen and A-King and they lost the radio show <laughs> so yeah cause they incited a riot that's right yeah exactly so what happened what ended up free happening Freecast 1 I started doing that's what it was it was Freecast <laughs> 1 so I started doing the radio show with Bugs so Bugs Bugs got offered the radio show so he was like yo you wanna do it with me and I'm like no but <laughs> All right, fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. What'd you call it? Damn, I don't remember, man. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was called. But it was... I don't even think we had a name. It was just Tuesday nights. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have a name. It was, just, it was just Tuesday nights, and we used to just go up there and Did you guys party. have a rhythm? Like, were you, like, good, like, co-hosts and... Nah, it took a minute. It took a minute yeah. to build a rhythm, and then it was more like... He was, he was like, yo, man, I know y'all play all that underground shit, but it's over. It's a wrap for that. We hit a party. Wow, he was turn the this puffy up. to your Yeah, he was, he was a puffy. He was like, yeah. we're going to turn this up. We're going to have parties. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Cool, 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 man, cool. So I'm like, at this, like, you know, Books, Books, I'm not even going to lie. Books have always had, he's always had, like, the focus of this is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. This is going to happen. I'm like, yo, man, I just want to get my psych degree and get, <laughs> get out of here, bro. Like, really? He was like, nah. He started doing, he started having, he interned at High 97. Not really interned, sorry. He was on the street team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got on the street team because the guy that used to be the station manager of our station mm-hmm. got a job at High 97 as head of promotions. Hmm. So he hired Bugs as being on the street team. So Bugs would commute him back and forth from Long Island to go to the street team. And I would be like, you sucker. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing that for, you fucking loser? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. He's like, yo... Yo, it's all good. Yo, I met I met DJ Enough. He's great, man. Or did you meet DJ Envy? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, he doesn't know. We don't know. We don't know. It might have been both of them. He's like, yo, I met DJ Enough. You know, he wants me to hang out with him. You should come. You should come meet him. I'm like, for what? <laughs> I'm not going over there. I'm not doing. I don't time for that. I got a test tomorrow, bro. I got an exam tomorrow. So we never really call me when Hot 97 plays underground records. Exactly. He will always try to convince me to. 
come around, come along. He's like, yo, come around, man. Yo, you know, enough and this, that. And they starting a crew and blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, man, you, you're crazy. I'm not <laughs> dealing with that shit, bro. I'm not doing that at all. So um, he finally told me enough had a DJ Threat. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, DJ yeah, Threat. sure. So mm-hmm. DJ Threat was enough's opening DJ at the time. Mm-hmm. Then DJ Threat had his got his own shot to be on Hot 97 and started doing more clubs, whatever. So he couldn't be enough's opening DJ anymore. Right. So enough needed a new a new opening DJ, a.k.a. Mr. Carry the Crates. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. So Books comes to me. He's like, yo, perfect timing, yo. It's perfect timing. <laughs> enough needs an opening DJ. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to work. It's, it's, it's all coming to fruition. I'm telling you, we're going to be on the radio. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm like, fam, if you don't calm down with all this shit, like, I'm not, no, I'm not really into, like, it was, still wasn't my focus to be right. a DJ. Like, I was like, yo, it's cool. I like it. It's fun. But nah, man. He's like, yo, come on. Come to the station. Enough wants you to come to the station. Because enough, at that point, you used to do a morning show mm-hmm. every day. And then on Saturday nights, you used to do a midnight run. Right. Which was from midnight to 4 a.m. every Saturday night. So Bugs used to be out there, up there with him every midnight from, you know. And he used to be like, yo, enough to come to the station. I'm like, for what? I'm not going up there. <laughs> I'd rather stay here and watch Scarface right, right. on TV. Right. <laughs> So eventually, enough was doing a party at um at Hofstra, which was not too far from where I went to school. Right, right. And I was going to that party anyway, so I was going to the party. And Books was like, "Yo, yeah, you're gonna meet enough tonight." And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, well, well, I guess, yeah. whatever." And so at this point, enough had just gotten a new opening DJ. Mm-hmm. And so, if you guys know Books, you know that he's like he's like king motivator. Like, <laughs> he's like, Yo, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like DJ Khaled. He's like he's yeah. kind of like DJ Khaled. He's kind of the same type of guy. So he's like. He's telling enough, yo, enough, you gotta meet this guy, yo. My roommate, he's sick, he's ill with it. He's gonna be, yo, he should be your guy. You should mess with him, right? So enough is sick of hearing books talking <laughs> about it. So he's like, yo, man, we're at the party. He's like, yo, all right, man, yo, books been talking about you. Yo, go ahead, DJ, get on the set. I wanna see what you could do, right? So this was at in the middle of the party, like two thousand people. This is a place called Hofstra USA. They used to hold like a bunch of people. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll get on I look at the turntable, I'm like, this shit is not the right way. It's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I get on. I play a couple of records. I, I do all right. Do my thing. Whatever. And then I was like, oh, all right, cool. You're not bad. You know, and I was like, yeah, you're not, you're not bad. You're not yeah. bad. <laughs> so boom. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm at enough. Great. Whatever. <laughs> so I go back to partying and Books is like, yo, man, see, I told you, you should have came around earlier at the party. Books is like, yo, I showed you you came around earlier. We could have been popping. We could have been with enough running around. Like, now you got to go back to school. I'm like, <laughs> that was the plan to right. go back to you school. Right, you were going to drop out gonna tonight. Drop tonight. Yeah. So <laughs> that same night, here's a crazy story, right? That same night, Enough's opening DJ, he got drunk, right? So he was his job was also to drive Enough home. So, you know, as they're leaving the school, Enough's like, yo, you all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So he's dri- they they left the school driving, the dude like totally lost control of the car, did three sixties like messed up Enough's brand new car, right? Holy shit! So Enough fired him like on the spot. Like was it a Jaguar? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Unfortunately, it was a Tahoe. It wasn't a Jaguar. I would because if it was a Jaguar, I would have had the key in it. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. So now he so he fired him that day, and the next day he told Books, "Yo, tell Cass that he's gonna be my opening DJ because I just got rid of my opening DJ." Crazy, crazy. So I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't even looking to do it. I was like, wait, what? What? All right, I guess. I mean, I'll go, but <laughs> whatever. So I ended up going to um that weekend. We went to High 97, the mm-hmm. show, the Saturday night show. And he's like, yeah, you know, enough, you know, you know how enough talk. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah book says you good, you did all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> I need somebody, you know, just organize my crates. You see how the records are? Just keep them <laughs> like that, keep them clean. I don't like my shit messy. You know what I'm saying? Just make sure my shit's always clean and blah blah blah. blah. You be alright. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm just sitting there. 
and we just kicking it like you know all the guys back then hot on the service would be like a big party anybody could go up yeah, there so yeah. it was like they were like and it still is yeah. mm, not like <laughs> everybody back then. but 50 not like back then <laughs> so we're up there and then enough was like yo yo Cass come here for a second I'm like alright what's up he's like yo I gotta go to the bathroom real quick just watch this record and if it finishes just play another, just play this other record alright I'll be right back <laughs> so I'm like alright I guess. <laughs> so I'm nervous as shit because it's like, it's high 97, bro. And you're like, and I'm like, I've never done, like I've, I did radio in college. It's a completely different type right, of animal. Right, so I'm right. sitting there shaking in my boots. Like, please don't end. Please don't end. <laughs> record, please don't end. Go longer. So I'm like, so I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I have to play another record. So I grab a record and I start playing another record. So these reggae records back then used to have like 10 songs on one side. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there going through every song <laughs> and I'm playing, you know, and it's like five minutes, 10 minutes, 11 minutes. 20 minutes. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's not back. What is he doing in the bathroom? I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to leave because I don't want something to happen because I... Me being naive to think something could happen. I sure. didn't want to leave. I was like, I don't want to You would bring down enough. the radio station. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it would be my fault. It would, yeah. Actually, it would be enough fault because nobody knew I was DJing. Everybody <laughs> thought it was enough. Inside a riot. So I turn around and I look through the window and enough is sitting in the next room sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping in the room. And I'm like, yo... What the fuck? <laughs> He's sitting there sleeping. I'm having a meltdown in here. He's there sleeping. So that was like my first time on on radio, which was like my first time at the radio. It was my first time on the radio, and then it wasn't. I wasn't on the radio a long time <laughs> after that. It was, been, it was a long time before I was back on the radio. But. Well, so so when we had Bobby Trends up here, he yeah. said that when Ebro found out that he was on the radio, yeah. He was like, "Nope, I remember that. That's a wrap. Yeah, and but, you're not gonna be on there for a long time." But see, the difference. The difference was that one. Ebro knew he was on the radio. <laughs> so he was waiting. He was waiting for him to mess up. Two, Trent did some crazy shit. You know, when he played that dirty version. Yo, to this day, I still get on him about that. Yo, it was amazing. It was amazing. So when's the first time you met Ebro? Ebro Actually, wait, was, tr- was Tracy nah, the Yeah, Tracy, the PD Tracy was the PD back then. So I was around, I was, you know, I was a young kid running around up there and Tracy was there screaming at everybody, the ice queen. <laughs> I remember one time she went ballistic on me. Why? Because, you know, because you Tracy, <laughs> was, Tracy was like, Tracy was very defensive and very protective. Protective is the word of the <laughs> whole Hot 97 brand and everything that was going on. So enough, at this point, enough is doing the show with Angie, right? Mm-hmm. So he went from doing, I was only with him for the midnight run, maybe for like a month or two. Then he got promoted to do an Angie show. So he's doing Angie's show, and I would be up there during during Angie's show, whatever. So I'd be in the DJ booth setting it up, setting the turntables up, getting the records up, making sure everything Doing it good, backwards, yeah. Doing it backwards. <laughs> Enough would be in the in the studio with Angie. So, you know, you have pipe dreams. You're in there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to start rocking. So I'm in there, ah, 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 cutting records. Ah, 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 ah. So I'm in there DJing, having the time of my life. You do this every day. Like, fuck it. Before Enough gets on, you're just in there having a good time. One day, Tracy was standing at the <laughs> I didn't even know. So I'm there DJing. And she's standing at the door. She might have been standing there for like a minute, five minutes. I don't know. She was standing there. So once I, I stopped DJing, I turned it off. I right, cool, everything's good. I turn around. She's standing there staring at me with her arms crossed. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, at this point, everybody used to be scared of Tracy. Everybody. Grown men. I see grown <laughs> men run when they see Tracy coming, right? Everybody used to be scared of Tracy. So I didn't know. I, n- I had never spoken a word to Tracy ever in my life. I knew of her. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. Like, I was just. Yeah. So she goes to me, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Just like that. Who the fuck are you? It's <laughs> like, uh, um, I work, I work for enough. Like, oh, you work for enough. Hold on a minute. So enough and Angie are on the air. She kicks open the studio door. Boom. Enough. <laughs> Go 
come here. Come here right now. And I was like, what? What? She's like, come here right now. And I was like, oh, shit. This is all going on over the air, right? So enough leaves the studio. He's like, yo, what? What's going on, Tracy? What's up? She's like, who the fuck is this no-name person in my DJ booth touching my turntables? Oh, my God. And enough God. was like, Nah, he works for me. He's like my DJ. Yo, Cass, why are you touching the turntables? I told you not to touch the turntables. I'm like, but he never said that. He's like, Cass, I told you don't touch the turntables. Sit on my record and get out the booth. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, yo. Oh, my God. I'm never going to be on the radio. Tracy sees me as some fuck boy. Like, like, yo. That was like my first interaction with Tracy, and then oh my god, eventually it got better little by little <laughs> by little, but never good enough where it would be like a conversation. It would always be like, "Hey, what's up?" Hey. How and how quickly did you get um, inducted into the the heavy hitters? I was in the I was at the heavy hitters from day one. You were so you were a member. You I wasn't were... a member. Okay, <laughs> I was at the heavy hitters from day one. Now the way like yo, they were so funny with it, man. So like you know. When the heavy hitters, the idea first came around, right. I wasn't around. So right. the idea was brought around by DJ Threat, mm-hmm. DJ Enough, and they brought in Camilo into the fold. Carmelo. Right. Carmelo. <laughs> right. So they weren't, I, but there was not really, it never really materialized. It was never really the heavy hitters. Then Threat passed away. Mm-hmm. It was still not ever really the heavy hitters. So I guess one day Enough was just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to make the heavy hitters. I'm going to do it because everybody has a crew and, you know, Flex has a crew and Clue has a crew and these guys have a crew and I just... Enough was like, yo, I think it will help a lot of people and just strengthen numbers. So I was like, I was like all right, cool. So I'm like, cool. So it's going to be a crew and I'm going to be part of it? No. <laughs> you guys could be around. You guys would be around. Like, he told me a book. No, you guys are around. You guys are around. You know, you guys are heavy hitters, but you guys are around. So, like, the first, like, the first, even, like, I was around for even, like, the first, when he would just have ideas. of like, maybe I should make this guy. Maybe we could make this guy. And we had input, right. but we were heavy hitters. It's like, yeah. That's cool. You guys be around. So, <laughs> so like the first actual heavy hitter meeting, like heavy hitter thing went down at um Renee McLean's office. So Renee McLean used to manage enough at the time. Mm-hmm. He also used to manage Cameron. It was a whole different story. <laughs> but he used to manage enough at the same time. So McLean was behind this too. He was like, yo, you should do it. You should be a heavy hitter. So it was like Camillo, Lobo, Cool Kirk, just a bunch of people that were original heavy hitters. So mm-hmm. I was there from the beginning. It just... I wasn't a heavy hitter officially to like the second round. They made about, me wait. How about when they were just like, uh, we think we should get Kanye West and he should be a heavy hitter. And you're like, what the fuck about me? Like, <laughs> No, I was already a heavy hitter when Kanye became a heavy hitter. Yo, Kanye, man. Oh, I have a, I have a good Kanye story too. So we were, we were doing mixtapes, right? Mm-hmm. And Because mixtapes were like it. You had to do mixtapes. So we yeah. had like a little studio set up in a closet in Renee McLean's office, which was on 38th Street. And that's where we used to record all our mixtapes. All our freestyles, so like all the freestyles you hear on the old enough mixtapes, mm-hmm. class one mixtapes, always used to happen there. So enough tells me one day, he's like, "Yo, yeah, I got this dude Kanye, man. He's coming. He's been bothering me for like a week, like a <laughs> month to do a freestyle. So I'm just having him come in and do the freestyle." But I don't know. So Kanye comes in, right? I didn't even know Kanye at the time. Like you know, the Jay Z album was out, but unless you were really paying attention, you didn't really put mm-hmm. anything together. Right. So Kanye comes in there. And this is when he first got the tattoo with all the, with the songs. His production credits, yeah. yeah. So he was walking around showing everybody, you see this? I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, I did this. And my name's Kanye, not Kane. I don't know why you say Kane. Blah, 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 blah. So he was already on it. Like, Kanye yeah. was already on it. And I'm like, yo, this guy's out of control. This guy's, like, so hot, like, so energetic. So I always used to engineer all the freestyles and everything in the booth. Like, I was everything. I was a mix. We used to, I used to put them together, get the music, engineer the mixtapes, mm-hmm. everything engineer the freestyle so 
we're in the studio, like the, the little booth is me and Kanye. And Kanye's, all right, cool. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a freestyle to this beat. And you're going to play the beat. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to punch in here. And I'm punching there. You ready? All right, let's go. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm going. But I'm not moving fast enough for Kanye. Because, <laughs> you know, at this point, he's producer Kanye. He's like, he knows how to run everything. So right. he's like, the fuck? You fucking suck. Like, telling me. Like, yo, you fucking suck. I'm like, nah, hold on. I got it. Like, no. Matter of fact, get out. Get out. Get me out of my own studio. He's like, yo, get out, man. I got this. It's I got like crazy this. Clarity. Yeah, he's like, yo, get out. I got this. And I'm like, yo. So I get out. I'm like, yo. And I was like, yo, what's doing? You're not recording Kanye. I'm like, yo, bro, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. He's like, this guy's nuts. So he literally sat there and recorded, recorded himself, punched himself in, did the beat, everything. Amazing. By himself. Amazing. And I, that's all I was like. This guy might be on or something, man. Do you remember do you know which, you, what, what song that was? It was uh, it was just a freestyle. Yeah. I don't even know what song it was. It was just a freestyle. I have the freestyle. It was just a freestyle that he did on one of our mixes. Yeah. So it was like at this point he was, he was no like nobody really knew him at right, all. Right. And, and the whole reason enough made him a heavy hitter was because enough believed in him and saw that nobody was really giving him his proper respect. And at the time we were kind of working with Rockefeller, so like we were working with um with State Property and we were doing a bunch of stuff with Rockefeller. So. He was just like in the loop. Enough mm-hmm. is already in the loop of what's going on and who's what. So he saw Kanye as he was like, yo, nobody's paying attention to this guy, but he's he has amazing records. Like he already had Jesus Walks at that time. Yep. He had two words. He had a bunch of records yeah. already done at that time. This was like maybe two or three years before his album even came out. Yeah. So he enough had already heard these records and I had heard the records and I was like, yo, this is amazing. But Nobody respected him at the time. Right. Even me, I was just like, who is this guy? This guy's nuts. Except he pain. was underground. So yeah. you should have like, appreciated it. I know that. I did. I did appreciate it, though. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciated when when he kicked me out and he did all of that. I was like, yo, this dude is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I see what it is. This guy is, this guy is dope, man. So you're moving around town and you're playing gigs at this point now? I'm playing. You're opening for, for enough? I'm opening for enough. And then I'm also playing gigs like at shitty places in the Bronx. <laughs> And I remember one time enough was like, this always, like, I always get to the crossroad. It's always either, are you going to do this or are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I used to play this spot in the Bronx named Gleason's, right? Every Saturday night. It's up in, it was a, a bar, but it was like, it's like the worst. It's not, in a, I'm not saying it's bad, but it was just like, it was a bar. Yeah. Right. But the parties used to be amazing. Like, the parties, Sean Pecas used to be in there all the time. Really? Yeah, Pecas used to be in there all the time. It was like a low-key spot, but deep in the Bronx. What was Pekka's uh, at this time? He was just at Def Jam. He was no, I bet that was like no, yeah. He was at the, he was already at um like, he he was already in the music business and he right. was already a big deal in mm-hmm. the music business. So he was already doing as far as long as I remember, Pekka's had always been doing his thing. Like from when I came in, mm-hmm. so he was already a big deal. But to me, he was just a guy that looked like Fat Joe. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know who <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know who he was. Like I just knew he'd be in Gleason's all the time. And then like later, eventually we got to know each other and I know who he was. But at the time, he was just a dude that came to Gleason's to yeah. me. So I remember enough. Enough was there one time. He had to do a, a party the next week, Saturday. And he wanted me to come with him to open up. And I was like, yo, I can't. I got to do Gleason's. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yo, let me talk to you for a second. He's <laughs> like, yo, you can either do Gleason's for the rest of your life or you can come open up for me on Saturday. Trust me, it's a good look. <laughs> I was like, I was like ah, all right, man. I'll see what I can do. All right, fuck it. I'll go open up for you. I guess if you put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see what it is. So... <laughs> So I was doing like little spots like that right. at the time. And I was I was really doing a lot of mixtapes. Like I was in the street heavy, like yeah. doing a lot of mixtapes. Did you ever play did you ever accidentally play one of the records that enough was going to play during his set? Never. Okay. Smart man. Never. Smart Why man. Why would I do that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I tell you what though, enough enough used to be like, all right, um, 
you could play all this from this old crate. Because I used to play from his same crates too because we're not going to bring three sets of crates. He's right. like, yo, you could play from this crate right here and you could play reggae. You could play all the reggae you want. But <laughs> these two crates, you don't touch these two crates. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And Did I you just, know his set like back and forth like at a certain point? Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, but that becomes a thing where you already know what he's going to play before he plays it. Because mm-hmm. there's another thing that I learned from him really we never really have sets. Like, you know how some DJs have sets? Like, I'm going to play this record, and I'm going to play this record, and I'm going to play this record, and I'm going to play this record. Yeah. Which was kind of like what I used to do also when I first started. But then I learned that sometimes you have to adjust things. So right. you can't just play the same thing back to back to back to back to back. So he was like, he would never really play the same set ever. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to, like, anticipate what he would want to play. And right. be like, here's two <laughs> records. Which one of these do you go with? Left or right? Red, blue, red pill, blue pill? Like, yeah. That type of thing. So that's how kinda, I, I kind of learned how to... You have to kind of di- diversify what you play and just, just play the same records too, but just in a different order. Right. Different, you know, come in with them differently, like because everybody has the same songs. Like especially now, right? When a when a when a in a in a space where everybody has the same music, everybody has the same library. Yeah, your crate is yeah. your computer. Yeah, everybody yeah. has everybody has, and if they don't have it, they have access to it. You could just shazam it, and boom, yeah. you have it. So now it's really more about how you play it than. What then? What you're playing? Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying. So that's that's one of the key things I learned early on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you play songs that Flex will play though? Like. Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Back then you would, cause like, it's it changed a lot, man. Back then you could play you like you could play anything, just depending how you play it. Like nowadays, you can't really get away with it like that. You could, but. It's a little bit more complicated. But back then, people were playing everything. Like you, they were playing records from like, I literally had to go learn music that I didn't know about. Like when I was when you were DJing out here in the early two thousands, like in the late nineties, you had to literally, if you weren't a music child where you came up listening to music, yeah. you had to go back and research. Like yo, what is this record? What is it called? Where did it come from? I have to go find it. Yeah, and, yeah. So it was a different time. Um, do you have any good tunnel stories? I never went to the tunnel. Never. Your never idea in my life. Good? It wasn't that good. <laughs> I was just, I was just like I just never got to go, man. I was like I always wanted to go, and I would remember when did when the flex dropped that album, the tunnel. Yeah, he dropped that album too. Yeah. I was like I gotta get to the yeah. tunnel. <laughs> I gotta get there, but I just never went. Man. <laughs> never went. I regret that. Are there any clubs that you miss around here? Yeah, there used to be a exit is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exit. What's it called now? Terminal Terminal Five. five. Yeah. yeah, Terminal Five was a movie because that would be like <laughs> five thousand people. Every Friday, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And then like prom season, prom season. <laughs> Remember the prom parties? Oh my god, yo, the prom parties at Copacabana. Yeah, the prom parties yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the and the all those parties were amazing. Did man. you used to do the Hot ninety seven cruises? <clears throat> yeah, I did one or two. I hate cruises. Though. I don't. I can't. I try to stay away from them. I did one or two, and those suck because you're stuck on a boat <laughs> for four hours with everybody getting shit faced. Right. Yeah. And then you just like by the. The novelty wears off after the first half hour. They're oh, just yeah, like, yeah. okay, now like, what? Like, I went um, after my prom on the Hot 97 cruise, and it was, you know, you're there, and it's not just your friends. It's, like, all these other people. And I remember all of my friends being so dead tired at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, and except for me, Dan, and our best friend Greg, and we were the only ones. <laughs> Everybody else was, like, daggering on the floor yes. except for me and my three friends. Oh, my God. Yeah, those cruises suck, man. <laughs> Yeah. I, hate, I, I hate any type of cruises. People be like, oh, yeah, we want to book you for this boat cruise. I'm like, oh. <laughs> because here's a problem. Like, you get on a boat, you're stuck on that boat for four hours. You can't just be like, 
oh, this party sucks. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going somewhere. Right, nah, yeah, man, right. you're stuck on that <laughs> boat. So I try I try to stay away from the boats, man. <laughs> and oh, okay. All right, this is a morbid story. I was on a boat one time. Somebody drowned. Oh, yeah. So I too was much pussy. Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Marcel. He didn't try to drown me this time. Yo, man, that was bad. And it was like somebody just jumped overboard. They just oh. decided they were. Here's a crazy part about it, right? It was on the Hudson River. In the win- in winter, during the middle of winter, and somebody they decided they were gonna jump off the boat because I guess they wanted to commit suicide. I don't know what it was. They jumped off the boat. Then two people jumped in after them, and then one of the people that jumped in was the one that died. Oh no, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a crazy. I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna stay away from the boats for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's just like, what record do you play after that? You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, you know. It was no music after that. It was just like. <laughs> It was like, oh god, this, um, that's a buzzkill. <laughs> what What was the point uh, where you became a steady presence on Hot ninety seven? Steady. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, we started. I started Hot ninety seven doing holiday weekends. Mm-hmm. Then I went from that to doing actual weekends. For the weekends, it was a Saturday show, and we had to split it one Saturday a month. Right. So it was me, Trends, K Slay. And maybe somebody else. It wasn't Big Ben yet. It was somebody else. Absolute. Mm-hmm. Might have been Abso. Might have been Abso. So we had to split that. And that was like my first time being on the radio like consistently. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But then after about a month of that, I had to go tell Ebro. I was like, yeah, so Ebro, <laughs> I'm going to need a month off <laughs> for work. <laughs> to go to go uh, drive across country. Yeah. And he was like, wait, what? I had just literally got onto the station, like maybe a month or two. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was on my hippie show. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a month to drive cross country just, <laughs> just to do it, just to say I did it. And he's like, oh, okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> sure, go ahead. See what happens. And I did it. But I came back and he was still cool with it. So I was like, all right, cool. Wait, so what did you, why did you go cross country? Just to do it. Just to do it. Like, just to be like, yo, you know what? Like, listen, I do a lot of stuff just to do it. Yeah. yeah especially yeah. when it comes to traveling. Like, I was like, yo, you know what? I don't know when I'm gonna get a chance to do this again, so I'm just gonna do it. We just drove like just me and my at the time she was my wife, my girlfriend, me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just drove from here all the way across country. Like I'm talking in Chicago, Green Bay, like all the way up to Seattle. Went through like That's amazing. Yeah, went a through, month. Went all the way up to Seattle to Vancouver, then drove all the way down down well, the Vancouver's west. Vancouver's in Canada. Yeah, I know, but we had to you know, <laughs> yeah. when we were there, you know, we had to go up there. So then we drove all the way down to like down the west side, all the way down uh um, Mexico. Whoa. Then drove back up and across. So yeah, it was crazy. That's unbelievable. Crazy times. Crazy times. How great to have. And you're still with that. your wife. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, well, was, that's how he. It knew. was rough. Yeah. yeah. It was rough. That was a test period. That was yeah. a test period. <laughs> then and here's the crazy part. Right after I came back from that, yo, the worst thing ever though. <laughs> I missed Summer Jam that year, and that was the year. If I'm not mistaken, that might have been the year Michael Jackson came out. Oh. What? And I you was just like, dope, you know, yeah. But it might, it might not. It was, it was either Michael Jackson, or I don't know what it was. It was something big, and I was really upset that I missed it. So it might, it might have not you, been, like, it might have not been Michael Jackson, but it was something big. And all the wonders that that life can hold, Man. and then you missed God. I was, <laughs> I was upset. You're somewhere in Nebraska. I was upset. Like, yeah. yeah, I was somewhere in Nebraska. <laughs> then, then I come back, and I'm like. I was here for like a couple months again. I tell Ebro, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need another month off. <laughs> he was like, for what? I was like, I'm going to go to Europe to go on tour. So, I mean, I might have to take a year off. I mean, a month off. I don't know how this is going to work out. So, yeah, I ended up going to Europe to be on the Snoop and Diddy tour. Whoa. So Hold was, on. How did you, you get that? Well, <laughs> one, 
another person that went to CW Post was working at another record label, and they were like, yo, you guys, you guys are going to laugh. Everybody's going to laugh at me, but I don't care. It's part of my history, so I'll say it. <laughs> He's like, yo, Jibs is going on tour. We're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we're stupid. We're stupid, Diddy. And we need a DJ for him. You want to do it? I was like, who? He was like, Jibs, you know. Chain Hang Jibs, Low. Chain Hang yeah. Low. I'm like, oh, uh, all right. It was sure. an immediate yes? Oh nah, it was, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, I ended up going, and those Jibs and all of his, no, Jibs is hilarious. Great dude. Him yeah. and his family. Yeah. Him and his, he was, at the time, Jibs was like 16, 15, 16. Yeah. So he had a tutor and he had his whole family with him. Did he, ha- he had a tutor on tour. Yeah. Um, did he have a second song? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He did. It was uh, um, the gorilla one with the, the, the bass in your speakers. I remember the name of the song. I should remember it because we performed it every <laughs> night, right? Damn. He did have a second song, man. It was King Kong. Yeah, it was called King Kong. <laughs> oh, I do know that song. Yeah, you see? King, King Kong. Kong. King, King, King Kong. Kong. Yeah. King Kong. So, yo, so this is my first, this is my first ever, time in your Do you ever today in, in 2017 no. play any Jibs records? I don't. I should play. I'm going to start playing Chain. It's today's throwback ch- Thursday. I should. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play Chain Hang Low today on Hot 97. Yeah, I'm going to play that. Yeah. No, you should do the whole set. Yeah, I should do the whole Fuck set. It. Yo, we had, a, we had a pretty good set, man. I can't even front. We extended those two songs, man. Yo, Eric and I set. saw Mims, and he did um, "This Is Why I'm Hot" three and a half times. He did yeah. the he did the he did the, re- the, he re- did the remix. Remix. Yeah. remix. Oh, sure. And this was in Long Island, where you know he's CW Post. Near where he was, <laughs> where he was popping. Yo, Mims is my guy too, man. Shout out to Mims. Uptown, yeah, man. So you come back from Europe. You're you've <laughs> you've used up all of your vacation time yeah, twice. Yeah. Um, how do you transition into? You know, from being like a weekend DJ to becoming a morning show DJ. That that took a long time, man. Because you have to high ninety seven to move up. You either have somebody has to get fired or somebody has to die. Yeah. So that took a while. Did anybody <laughs> jump overboard? You poison anybody? <laughs> nah, man. I try. I believe me, I tried, but I didn't get to. So what happened? We were doing the weekends. I'm sure Trent told you the story. We yeah. started the three the hallway thing because we weren't on at all. Like we were on once a week. So it was like, yo, fuck it. We got to figure out a way to get on every week. So we did three the hallway, and that became a monster in itself. And then um. After that, stuff changed. I forgot who, maybe it was before, it was before Angie, somebody left. Something happened, and so Saturday's afternoons opened up. So me and Book started doing Saturday afternoons together. And so it was Saturday afternoon and Sunday, which was a weekend thing. And then, that went on for a couple of years, and then the whole thing happened with Cypher and mm-hmm. the morning show, where, mm-hmm. where Cypher wasn't going to DJ, he didn't want to DJ on the morning show anymore. He wanted to do the afternoon, so that's what Angie left. So I right, got right. to do the afternoons, and then he did somebody to DJ on the morning show. And I was like, fuck it. I'm up at all times of the hour anyway, so I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what happened. So, I was, so you volunteered for it? Yeah, I volunteered for it. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, y'all do that shit. Why not? Yeah. It can't be that hard. Little did I know. <laughs> Have little, you, does it, do you ever get used to waking up so early? Nah, man. <laughs> you don't get used to it. You just do it. You never get used to it at all. I'm, I don't even, I'm not used to it right now. And I had a full night of sleep last night. Yeah. So I didn't go out, but I'm so tired right now. <laughs> Um, yeah. I feel like you go to Japan more than anybody else I know. How did that start? Or well, okay. So once I was already DJing on the radio, I was like, "All right, what's next?" I've, I've done clubs here. The clubs are already dominated by certain people. The mixtapes are already dominated by certain people. What's the only place? You know, I started looking at outside markets because I had been to Japan before, only once, just with enough. Like, mm-hmm. and I was young. I was like maybe like eighteen, nineteen. I went to you know, Japan, Japan, whatever. I loved it. So what happened was. Here, we had this kid named DJ Nookie, right? Great and name. DJ Nookie. He's from <laughs> Japan. Look him up. He's a great guy. So Nookie was living with DJ Ramo, who's another heavy hitter from Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. So Nookie was here 
illegal. If if Donald Trump knew about this, it'd be a problem, right? <laughs> so looky, looky, when you come to the U.S. like from Japan or whatever, they give you a ninety day visa, right? And you, it's not even a work visa. You're just here. So Nuki wanted to be a DJ. That was his whole shit. Like from day one, he's like, yo, I just want to be a DJ. He came here to learn how to DJ. So he met Raymond at a club, at a ra- random club, and he started living in Raymond's basement because he was like, yo, I just need to learn how to DJ. So Nuki was here learning how to DJ, whatever the case may be. And for, so. He approaches me. He's like, yo, um, I have a proposition. You want to go to Japan? And I'm like, all right, sure, why not? He's like, yeah, we, me and my boy, we're doing a party, and we want to we wanna, we wanna bring somebody to Japan, and I think you'd be good, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. Fuck it, let's do it as a one-off. So he went out there, and it was pretty good. You know, it was pretty successful. So then we're like, yo, you know what? We can actually build this into something. So let's keep doing it. So we, we literally started building a network of – Traveling to my generation of DJ traveling was something that was gone. Like people, enough generation was the last generation that was traveling, doing stuff like going to Japan, going to China. Somewhere along the line, when it came with mixtapes and all that stuff, it became real local, like United States. People weren't traveling. People weren't going to Japan anymore. People weren't going to whatever. So they had their own market over there that was starving. It was a starving market. Hip hop was huge. Mm -hmm. Just nobody knew it. Like they were bootlegging Hot 97 shows out there. Like. You, there was somebody would sit here, record your show, and send a CD or a tape of it to Japan, and then they'd sell it all over Japan. Yeah. So everybody already knew everybody <laughs> from here in Japan. So we went over there, and we did one party, one party. Then the next, we went again a couple months ago. We came two parties. It was just something where we kept building it. Where now we have like a network of DJs across the whole country of Japan. Man. So we go to Japan, and I might start at the top of the country, go all the way from the top all the way down to the bottom to Okinawa. So it was just something we built organically. Yeah. So now we opened the market. Like literally, we reopened that market up. Like, Do you think that. that you're the reason why Hot 97 has a summer jam over there? No, I wouldn't go that far because <laughs> Hot 97 was already big. Right. Hot 97 was already big in Japan and it just, it was just something that was that was waiting to happen. It was going to happen eventually. Right. Honestly, we tried to do it earlier on <laughs> but we just didn't have the funds and it wasn't as... Japan is funny. Like it's hard to be like, yeah, I want to throw a hip hop concert in this arena. <laughs> they be like, they just look at you like you fucking crazy. No, <laughs> right? You know, unless you know the right people. So when we originally tried to do it, like Nookie and I tried to do it, but it didn't work out because we couldn't get the venues to rock with it. Like we would, t- Mighty Crown used to do this big reggae um, fest in 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 in, uh, in Yokohama, mm-hmm. and we tried to kind of work with them to do it like in the same type of arena type sense. They but they just weren't hearing it. Like they weren't ready. Have you and Bobby Trends sat down with K-Slay and talked graffiti? No. <laughs> I've, I've spoken graffiti with K-Slay sometimes, once in a while, but not really like that. Like, K-Slay is legendary. Yeah. People yeah. don't know how legendary K-Slay is. No, for real, Like, though. K-Slay is legendary. <laughs> so, and me and Trends, we have graffiti talk all the time. Because yeah. right? Trends was out in Jersey doing the same thing that I was out here yeah. doing the do it in, 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 in the Bronx. But, nah, K-Slay, I've never... We need to do that, though. Yeah. We definitely need to do that. I don't think K-Slay... K-Slay would probably won't want to do that, though. He'd probably be like, yo, man. I want to get K-Slay on the podcast. Yeah. You should. Why yeah. not? That, there's literally no reason not to. <laughs> I, I said to Eric the other day, I was like, we need to have K-Slay on. And Eric was like, no, we have to get Cast One first. So I was like, fine. Yeah, yeah, So okay, here you I'll are. Link out with <laughs> I'll, I'll link y'all up with K-Slay, man. K-Slay. Yo, you know, funny story, K-Slay was in a book that I read. When I was, that's how I got into graffiti, through a book. I'm a fucking nerd. I know. <laughs> so, like, like I said, seventh grade, when I was in summer school, they made you go to the library and pick out a book you have to read it. Even mm-hmm. though I was in summer school for math, go figure. I don't know. <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, you know what? So then I just went to the library and I just grabbed the book and it was a book about, it was called um, 
Getting Up, and it was a book about graffiti. I was like, yo, this shit is dope. K Slay's in that book, but I didn't know at the time. Like, whatever. So. Do you still have that book? Did you not return it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't return it. And yo, you crazy. It is. It is in my apartment. It is in the Bronx, right? Because we still have the apartment in the Bronx. And it's 1950? Still, yeah, it's still. I st- we still have that apartment. Oh shit! And it's still there. It's in my. I know exactly where that book is at. <laughs> right Yo, we got to do. We got to do a cast one tour. It's like yeah. 1950. Uh, Yo, 1950s. 1944. 1944. <laughs> Yo, okay, y'all could Google map it right 111th now. 111th. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you about about 111th, man. Y'all act like this is sweet, man. It wasn't sweet up here. You got the projects right over here on yeah, 106, yeah, yeah, yeah. on 104, and like, and that's another thing with with like. That I that I appreciate when my, my my mother trying to do like trying to get us out of the hood and experience other things like I used to go to um there used to be a college right here it's called Bank Street College it was right by um Columbia University oh yeah North yeah huh North yes yeah <laughs> North Harlem yeah. so anyway I used to go there my mom used to send me there on Saturdays they had a college prep mm-hmm. they had a college prep um program there I'm twelve. Right. What the fuck am I doing going to college prep? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing in college prep? <laughs> right, right? So I'm going to college prep shit there on Saturday morning. So I'm I'm already upset that I had to wake up on a Saturday morning to be at a college prep thing at 9 a.m. And so it was me and, of course, my cousin, the delinquent. <laughs> so we go to the college prep thing. And of course, my parents try so hard to do to put us in the, in, in, in on the right path. But all we do is go there and get corrupted with all the 16 and 17-year-olds. They used to be smoking weed and shit and hanging out. So... Like we used to go there, and then once we used to leave there, go Riverside Park, or mm-hmm. go over here to um, go to the projects on 104th Street, and just hang out. Like, man, listen, bro, <laughs> there's too many memories up here in the Upper West Side. <laughs> Upper West Side was, was was pretty lit back then. Well, yeah. when when are you gonna move down to the Dominican Republic to reunite with all your aunts? Yo, listen, I go to the Dominican Republic at least twice a year, man. It's yeah, I see the pictures on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like going, you know, going. It's like going to Queens. For me. So I go there all the time. Actually, when are we going to be invited to the heavy you know hitter re- retreat? Forget the heavy hitter retreat. We're having a family reunion. My family having a family reunion in Dominican Republic in December. You guys are welcome to come oh, down. Thank you. Well, then you guys can stay <laughs> at the compound. You know, yeah, the colony. You know what I mean? <laughs> you stay at the compound and ha- and eat um. Tres golpes in the morning. And right. Have some. Yeah, Jeff will do some shoveling and I'll switch out the blue water, you know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> on the plane. Yeah. yeah. Yo, congratulations on everything. On I, I hope you've made your mother proud, even though she was just like... No, my mom loves it, man. She, she's like, she reminds you all the time. She's like, you know, it's, my, it's because of me. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. It is because of me. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is because of you, mom. It's shout out to her. Me. Yeah, shout out to her. She's probably listening right now, too. My mom is very cool. Yeah? She has like... She's on IG. She's on IG. Does she have a... Uh, is she a good liker? Yeah, she go on her. She puts. She's 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 better with IG than me. She's on IG, Facebook. She has mad at like I remember um Google alerts. She has she gets a new iPhone before I do. Really? Yeah, she's she's on it. <laughs> Shout out to your mom. Yeah, she don't play. Does she still? Well, does she play uh, Chain Hang Low? Uh, That's a good question. Yeah. No, but she did meet Jib. Really? <laughs> How did that go? Okay. Hi. How are you? <laughs> well, congratulations on everything, and uh, I'm glad that you finally came on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, our pleasure. Hey. Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's the Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, where can they go online? You can always go to SoundCloud.com/slash A Waste of Time. You can also go to SoundCloud.com/slash It's the Real for all of our music. For our podcast, again, you can go to iTunes, search for A Waste of Time with It's the Real. We are also on Twitter at It's the Real, Instagram at It's the Real, Facebook at It's the Real. Follow us on all of those. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's the Real and It's the Real Eric because It's the Real was taken. Yes, Jeff, this podcast 
is not going anywhere. Anywhere. And it's not going anywhere quickly. Unless. Unless. You guys. You Spread guys. the word. Yeah. Go tell everybody you know about A Waste of Time with It's The Real. And go to iTunes. Go to SoundCloud. Rate. Review us. Leave a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Jeff. Also, hit that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe. Yeah. Make unless, sure. Unless you're already subscribed. In which case, leave it. Yeah, subscribe. Do, yeah, don't unsubscribe. Don't unsubscribe. Do not do that. Uh, we love to spread the word about this podcast. Jeff, who do you want to shout out to tell them right now to listen to Waste Time It's the Real? I want to shout out Mo Speak Truth out of Baltimore, um, who is uh, also, he records under the name Better Than Bibby. And I told him to stop posting, I told him to stop posting under Mo Speak Truth, just do Better Than Bibby. So go check out Better Than Bibby's new song. Uh, he's an upcoming artist. He's out of Baltimore. Shout out to him. I would like to shout out everybody who stopped us down in South by Southwest. Every told us. Yeah. Well, yeah, just anyone who stopped us down in South by Southwest, we appreciate you. But specifically, the one kid who came up to us and was like, you guys, you interviewed Travis. And it's so funny to me. We've interviewed a million people. But that Travis Scott interview might be the most talked about interview in our whole career, wouldn't you say? I would say that people stop us from Mac Miller, too. Yeah, we, well, I mean, there's been so many Mac Miller interviews that we've done, but but that Travis one, I don't know what it is. Is it, he, he was smiling, he was laughing, I guess it was early for him. Yeah. Maybe one of the it's first interviews. Good interview. good interview. I'm just, like, you know, that one above any other one. Anyway, shouts out to that kid. I wish I knew your name right now, but if you know that you stopped this down in South by Southwest and you said, hey, you interviewed Travis. Shout out to you. Sorry that um, we couldn't get you into the ASAP party. Uh, one, you weren't on the list, and two, I didn't care enough to oh, that's good. try that's and good. get Re- you in. Retain fans, Jeff. <laughs> Not for real, for real. Not for real, for real. We'll see you guys next time.